Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and today it's the WNR389. It's a Halloween special 2021. It's the WNR6 Halloween special, but for the very first time, I have the pleasure to be joined by the entire WNR team. So we start off with Monty. How you doing, man? I'm feeling really spooky. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> my best. Well, like really I said, spooky. how are you? I, I am fine, thank you very much. And I love, <laughs> I love Halloween time. And I think you're going to realise on this show, tackles every year. We've got Monty. We also got Jaxie. How you doing? Hello, happy Spooktober, everyone. <laughs> hey, uh, I hope you are well okay. and you're glad to join the special. Yes, very excited to kind of jump into everything. Without that, and. Last but but not mean least least uh, the ultimate one. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm just um, excited to be here. Talk about everything. Um, you know, WWE, New Japan, Impact, whatever. You know, you know, I'm down with it. I got a lot to a lot to say today. <laughs> Without a doubt. Well, we're gonna get on with the show in a minute. But first up, we had a ton of emails because I wish the ultimate one a happy anniversary. Same I did with Jaxi. But it seems that even though me and Monty had two NXT episodes together, I didn't actually mention it. So I've got to say, Monty, I am sorry. October 5th was our <laughs> one-year anniversary. I can't believe. I didn't even go to the garage and get some flowers. So I completely forgot. That's <laughs> yeah, horrible. <laughs> I, 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 I'm glad you finally mentioned it. Thank you. It's about time. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not really <laughs> So, uh, honestly, I, I didn't even know. I've been, it's such a, life is such a blur. That I didn't even realize it, but I'm very, very happy that I'm still here. You know, it's kind of crazy <laughs> when you do that. You don't know when you first start. Now, I didn't know if we was only going to do this once or twice or not. So, the fact that I'm still here and now I'm a part of it and we're doing this right now, it's kind of cool. Can't yeah. lie. Without a doubt. So, like I said, we got on with this show. We've got a show. We have what show it is full of games, scares, and reviews. Later, we'll look at Crown Jewel, have a masturbate, play games, and find out what scares us. But first, we're going to look at the G IMAX. Uh, now, I've I've touched on Japan a little bit. We, uh, you and I have actually done an episode on Japan where you could try to teach me mm-hmm. a little bit, haven't you? <laughs> I did my best. I did my best to catch you up and uh, also help you through the pronunciation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Jaxi, the ultimate one, and yourself haven't done an episode explaining Japan. Right. I don't understand. I, I'm definitely a, more of a noob that I'd say when it comes to New Japan. However, I am very keen to listen in to thoughts when it comes to the G1. Well, without a doubt. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna look at the G1 climax. So ultimate one, you have been watching Japan for a very long. What is the G1 climax? Well, the G1 climax is a, a tournament that they do every year. It's been going on since 1991. I think this was number 31, I think, or 1990. Oops, it's 31. Uh, and it says uh, the top 20 wrestlers in Japan, they put them in two different, um, um, you got uh, Rocky A or Block A and Block B, and you have yeah. 10 wrestlers. Or actually, no, it's a 10, yeah, 10 wrestlers on each block. And these guys wrestle each other in a round robin tournament, and whoever gets the most points uh, goes to the final. So, like a win is a two point, a disqualification, or actually a, a draw is one point, a disqualification doesn't get you no points at all. 
Um, and the finals, you got the winner of Block A against Block B, and then the winner of that gets the big trophy. And at, when you get the big trophy, then you get a shot at the world champion at Wrestle Kingdom, which is like the WrestleMania in Japan in January, which is always January 4th. They used to do it was uh, uh, was it January 4th. Now they did it two, uh, two days in a row, I think uh, 2020 and this year. Now next year they're doing it three days in a row. So, you know, it's it's competitive. You got guys in there. You don't have no three-minute matches, four-minute matches. You, you got strong style, uh, 35, 25-minute matches. And it's very entertaining because, trust me, once you see this, you will get hooked. Because this is, I mean, this is one of the most grueling tournaments in wrestling today. Right, so what I'm working out is the G1 Climax is a bit like the Royal Rumble. You've got the best friend. Pan and the winner of that goes and gets a title shot at their equivalent of WrestleMania. That's about right there, yeah? Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's concept what I'm, ju- I'm just trying to, because some people, like I said, have never uh, seen either Japanese wrestling or just heard about it. So if we do it in a kind of layman's. Right. Now, but, but here's, oh, sorry, here's the crazy, here's the crazy, I'll start to interrupt. The crazy part is that once you win the G1 um, climax the tournament, you walk around with a briefcase. I mean, they started doing this thing a couple of years ago, it's like the money in the bank, but yeah. it's a briefcase. And then you defend mm-hmm. that briefcase from the time you won it, G1 climax, which is probably September right. to October, and then you defend it all the way to Wrestle Kingdom. So you may win the G1 climax, but if you lose the you briefcase, lose the trophy. yeah, you lose your trophy, yeah, you, you lose the not the trophy, title but the title shot, shot. yeah. Like, yeah, really, the title shot. Yeah, that's what makes it. Yeah, that makes it very, very. Interesting. And I think that's one of the best tournament in wrestling. Today. Right. Okay. You so win to the, go to the top of the tournament and win, and yet still lose. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So that's the, 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 the <laughs> it doesn't happen often, but it can happen. <laughs> well, last year it did happen because Jay White ended up beating Ibushi for the briefcase, and then this year he ended up. Uh, I think. He held the the, the 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 contract onto Ibushi on the belt, and Ibushi's first world title shot was against Jay White, because he put the, mm-hmm. the the contract on the line. So it's very interesting because it's not guaranteed. You could win the tournament, but if you have to defend that briefcase with that contract from the, from the time the tournament ends all the way to January. Right, gotcha. So right. Monty, down to you now. We're going to talk about uh, A Block and B Block. And I, I don't mind murdering the names, but I wonder if you can help me. Just tell me who was in Block A. And then we'll talk <laughs> about the matches. Because I, I did watch a few matches of Block A. We'll talk about Block B, the finals. So who was in Block A? First? Very interesting. Well, um, explain a lot about uh, the wrestlers that you're talking about as well in terms of their wrestling style, just for those that, like me, that don't know every single wrestler's name. Okay. Well... I was not prepared to bring up <laughs> no, the names. I, I, I have to spell. I, 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 <laughs> Monty, I can't help I you. I got now. you, though. You yeah, I me. got you. Just give me a second. That's fine. No, like I said, I did watch a few. There are a few wrestlers in there, like Kent Atami. So there are a few wrestlers okay. that kind of people will know. Monty, go on. Kota is an A block. Shingo Takagi, the current uh, champion. That's another thing. This is unlike the Royal Rumble in the sense that the current world champion will defend... Uh, will be a champion in the fight in uh, in the in the term. They will compete. It's not like the Royal Rumble where the world champion never is in the Royal Rumble. So the thing is, if a world champion wins, then they choose 
who they want to fight at Wrestle mm-hmm. Kingdom, uh, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. So that's how I would work if a champion win, which also, by the way, is very rare. Uh, Kenta, like you mentioned earlier, Zack Sabre Jr., uh, Toro Yano, which, by the way, uh, you want me to explain who a couple what their style is like? Uh, Shingo is like one of the most physical specimens that you can think of uh, in the ring. He's not the biggest, but he wrestles way bigger than he is. I promise if you ever watch a Shingo match, you will fall in love with his style. It's some of the most hard-hitting, but also smart. Like He's very he's a, he's a smart wrestler also. I promise you he's, he's worth the watch. He definitely deserves to be champion. Kota Ibushi, I think he's probably one of the popular names, most popular, of course, with his uh, tag team with Kenny Omega as the Golden Lover, so a lot of people may know him. Uh, out there, but uh, if not, he wrestles. He's one of the most. He's he's a great. He reminds me. I think a lot of people have actually said this in the past, and maybe um, I could be. You can help me ultimately one if I'm wrong here. But he kind of reminds me, especially in the past, of what Will Osprey was, but just like a Japanese kind of version of it. But he's not. I wouldn't say he's as freakishly athletic as Will, but he he mixes also a lot of strong style within mm-hmm. it. A lot of yeah, strikes, that, a lot that, of that, aggressive yeah. kickboxing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, so that that's a great reference for Kota Ibushi. Kenta, like you said, former Hideo Tommy, also a great striker, pretty much a Japanese legend. Has done everything you could do uh, in Noah. You know, he's just one of the greats in Japan, so he's respected uh, because that's the reason why he ended up in WWE because of his that that respect that he has, and he's a great worker. Zack Sabre Jr., you're familiar with that with that guy, James. I'm pretty sure you know who Zack Sabre Jr. is. Uh, Toriano, uh, uh, he's more like I said, he. Is a surprise. He's always a spoiler. He's one of those guys that if you really look at the way he wrestles, he probably should be a jobber. But Toriano is hilariously in, in his style. Some people hate it. Some people hate it because his matches are nowhere near, nothing like anyone else's matches. Every match, everybody has to fight Yano style when they fight Yano. That's the thing I like about Yano is that you have to do it. He, he cheats a lot. Low blows, roll up, like he's that type of guy. He's not, he doesn't really have, as a matter of fact, his finishing move is a probably an illegal maneuver into a roll-up. That's pretty much his finisher. So, and Yano shocks people every year, uh, including this one. Tomohiro Ishii. Now, imagine what I said about Shingo Takagi, except he's smaller, older, and looks like he should not be able to, but he will kill you. He will take your head off. That's Tomohiro yeah. Ishii. Mm-hmm. Great Khan. He's, he's a newer guy, but uh, and uh, kind of, this is his first G1, I believe, but I really love what he's been doing with his character. He has this weird type of uh, like the great O'Connor is more of an entity the way he is the way he talks. He doesn't talk as if I'm or he. He says stuff like we are going to uh take over New Japan. He's in Will yeah, Osprey's yeah, yeah. United Empire. You know, yeah, you can probably explain a little bit better what he great, has going uh, on. But he's a- I, I, great O'Connor reminds me, and may I maybe you're too young for this, but if you guys check up on Google, if you look at Killer Khan, that's great O'Connor yeah. right there. Exactly. That's a great reference. Yeah. So uh He's he's a monster type character. Very, he's a like I said, first G one kind of establishing himself and who he is. But I really like what he's been doing so far. Tonga Law, the other half of the Gorillas of Destiny, Tama Tonga's uh, brother. Uh, back in the day, if you remember, I don't know how I don't know how much WWE trivia you got, but that's Camacho. If back if you anybody remember, Tonga Law is the former Camacho, much huger. Uh, he's huger these days and. Uh, impressed me, I have to say, overall in this tournament. Uh, this is his first, like, these are his first singles matches pretty much, like, in his career, kind of. Like, he only had a handful of singles matches because most of the work he's been doing over the f- past few years is teaming with his brother, Tama Tonga, who we all know of Bullet Club fame. Yujiro is also Bullet, Bullet Club, Tokyo Pimp. 
And, uh, you know, that's pretty much what I'll tell you the most about him. He's another guy who's like a dauber, but he uh, honestly has a has a deep history of perform of having decent performances in, in New Japan. I'm not going to act like he's the most important guy, especially as the years have passed by. But Yujiro is a, uh, has history with a lot of the guys on, in the New Japan roster, so he's valuable for that uh, reason only, if not if not only for that reason, of course. And, of course, for bringing Pete, which is his uh, his stripper. He's a pimp. He has a stripper with him. So, yeah, there you go. That's a value. She's, That's a, a, valuable she's, a, she's a She's a hot. She's very group. valuable. Yeah, she's gorgeous. I'm telling you, she's that's a very. She is. Like if anything, if you don't like Yujiro, you at least love him because he brings Peter around. Uh, so uh, and then Tetsuya Naito rounds out a block. My favorite of all time. Like uh, you know, uh, I love Tetsuya Naito. I don't really even know how to explain to you his in ring style. He's willing to do anything, but I, what I love the most is his character, especially a few years back. When he finally got over the hump and became IW World Champion the first time many moons ago now, I think six years ago it was. Or whatever, about Tana, but... You talk about Tanahashi? No, I'm talking about Naito. That's what you know. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, in his Naito. original run. Not yeah. not the double title run, but the original title belt when he yeah. when he just didn't care about anything. Like he yeah. he, that, he, like the, he used to throw used to the throw title belt around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just he didn't care. Like that's my I love that version of Tetsuya Naito. Now He's basically one of the pillars of the company. It's Okada and Naito in Ibushi's world over here in, in New Japan. And Naito is definitely one of those staples. So, look, you know, he's kind of like up there with Tanahashi, with a uh, Okada. Right. Uh, so do you want me to go to B-Block now? That's no, no, I want you to leave it there. No, thank you very much, Monty, for the informative information. Jaxie, did that help you in any way whatsoever? <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot. No, I actually really enjoyed hearing about all these different characters that are involved within this tournament. So it makes it more exciting with you guys going into the talking about it now. All right, so we're going to look at A block, and there's a couple of matches that I watched, and then I'll ask Alma one anything that I've missed out. I watched uh, Kenta versus Ishii, which was an absolute war. And Ishii reminds me of kind of Rhino from Spider-Man. Just kind of got that build (laughs) just to go through. That was a war. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Ibushi, which should have been the final. Five years since both declined a W contract and decided they were better elsewhere. I think it shows Good job, by the way. Yeah. Maybe right. Well, good, good, good move. <laughs> well, you know, some people <laughs> don't. Great move. Because now, uh, where, where's the where's the classic now? Well, so. there was great wrestling in this match. It's submissions <laughs> to die for. Zach Sabre Jr. got the win. And Kenta, love the styles of both men. Kenta with a crack him. Uh, and then, of course, the finals. The other matches that I've missed out in that block A that stand out to uh, to you, Omar One. Uh, which one? The A block. Yeah. Uh, let me put it this way: in the A block, first of all, <laughs> the, the fact that Yuhiro Takahashi ended up beating Ibushi in the first match on the first night. In the first God. night, he beat him and, and, and pinned him, which was a shocking, which threw me off. I'm like, wow. Then there was the uh, which match also the uh, Zack Sabre Jr. beating Naito and just taking him out completely. Oh um, my goodness! And he he oh. I think he tore ACL and MCL, so he's gonna be out for a while. Shingo Takaji uh, getting pinned, or actually submitted to Zack Sabre Jr., which, I mean, yep. right right now, because, um, you know, Will Osprey's still walking around with the original world title, I see um, Zack Sabre and Takaji going at it at Power Struggle. Uh, Toriyano, yeah. did he, who the hell Tori, Toriyano beat Kenta, uh, cheating, of course. I think he beat him. <laughs> I'm not sure. But uh, I think that... that, that 
like I said, I didn't get to see all the matches as far, but the best match I love, uh, the, I think, what I got to see from the time it starts to October 4th, because I still got to catch up to it, I think that Tomohiro Ishii and, and, uh, and Kenta match, that shit, oof, that was physical. Yeah. I thought about when Ishii hit you a chop in your chest, you're not going to feel it only in the chest. You're going to feel it in your throat because he hits those chops exactly. hard. And the match, I think, yeah. um, another match that I enjoyed with Ishii uh, was him and Zack Sabre Jr. I mean, oh, that was, wow, that was retarded. Hey, hey, listen, that, yeah. I mean, these these guys uh, put it out there. Uh, a great Ocon, that's one guy I'm going to tell you right now. Don't sleep with him. He's part of the Empire with Will Ospreay. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, this uh, that's one guy. Don't sleep with him. This is a guy who went to escort excursion to Euro, um, Europe at Red Pro. And came back looking like Killer Khan. I'm like, wow. So yeah. it, it was it was a fun uh, A block for me with what I saw. But the biggest upset to me was Junior Takahashi beating Ibushi. Now we talk about yeah. Ibushi's been in the finals three years in a row, and including this year, which would have been four, four years in a row. Won it twice, and you get pinned by a guy. I'm, I'm not saying that Junior Takahashi is a nobody because this guy was a former right. never never open weight champion. Back in there, he had yeah. crazy feuds with uh, uh, with Ishii, but that was a shot mm-hmm. because you don't expect a guy like that because he's been he'll be in a six man, ten man tag, and he'll probably get pinned. Right. He, he replaced the job role, but this was a surprise. Sorry, go on. Was it a decent match, even though it was a surprise? Um, it was a decent match, but yeah. you know, when you even though it's a decent match, the thing is that. You expect Ibushi to win because he's the popular guy. He's the guy who's been there, who won in the last two years. He's and was there three years in a row. And for when that happens on the first round, even the commentator Kevin Kelly was like, "Wow, what an upset!" <laughs> when you got Kevin Kelly saying, "What an upset!" It is an upset. Oh, there's so, a couple of those too. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of stuff. And when you guys finish up with the uh, with the blocks, I I pretty much to me. The way when I look at the G1 Climax and, and the tournament, I love it because then storylines are built through that. Yeah, so, exactly. And, 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 and Monty mentioned about Shingo Takaji. If you want to see Shingo Takaji, a great match Shingo Takaji had, go back to May 3rd when Shingo Takaji gets Will Ospreay. That's when Will Ospreay got hurt. Yeah. That match Every time was fight, ridiculous. Yeah. Anytime Ospreay and Shingo fight, just Oh, fight. my God. You it's will love sick. it. I promise yeah. you. And this guy has wrestled, I believe, in the New Japan Cup Finals. Yeah. That uh, they fought for for the world title. They, they wrestled made... the Super Juniors, by yes, the way. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, I'm telling you, if you want to watch great wrestling, that's the matches. Well, yeah. enough, it came down to Go Ibushi, Zack Sabre Jr. and Kenta had all topped the A block heading to the final round yes. of matches. If it was WWE, people say, well, you know, can't make that up, can you, really? But because it's Japan, we'll leave it alone. So we get Kenta versus Ibushi in the final match. Mm-hmm. And whoever won that uh, got through. And Kota Ibushi won, compete in the G1 Climax Final for the fourth year in a row. I thought it was a great match. But I thought the ref bump wasn't needed. But then again, that is just me. And the A block stand is Kota Ibushi won with 14 points. Kenta with 12 points. Because that's a- in the end. And then on to uh, B Block. Monty is there. Okay. Uh, so, in B Block, you had Jeff Cobb 
uh, Kazuchika Okada, the ace. Uh, I would say currently the ace, but you know we all know if we got the ace in name. That's Hiroshi Tanahashi, so he's the ace of New Japan. That's one a John of the Cena baby of Japan. Faces forever. Yeah, if you want, that's exactly the John Cena of of Japan, and he's still going strong. And yeah, probably I don't I don't understand how Tanahashi ages. We can talk about that another time. Anyway, Evil, <laughs> uh, another great character uh, in this uh, in this block. Sonata, his former tag team partner, also uh, LIJ member. Uh, Tamatanga, uh, like I mentioned, uh, Bullet Club OG, one of the the only originator that's pretty much really still there. The only original uh, Bullet Club member from the Finn, from the Prince David Finn Balor days uh, of New Japan. Uh, you know, only him and Fale are pretty much left from that original inception. Of Bullet Club and five ladies away because of uh, New Zealand being uh, still oh, shut God. down. Uh, yeah, so uh, Yoshihashi, uh, which is a Chaos member, uh, one of Okada's closest friends, Haruki Goto, uh, which is another Chaos member, one of the best. The G, the G in G one, you stand for Goto at a period of time. That's how yeah, yeah. dominant sure. Goto has been in this tournament, uh, even though uh, he still had never won the world title. So that just that goes to show you what we were talking about. With the G1 earlier, he was he, Goto has won the G1, I think, at least twice and still has yeah. never been world champion. So there you go. Uh, Chase Owens, uh, another Bullet Club member, his first G1, uh, looking to make a name for himself. And the the, the Prince, my guy, uh, the opera singer who's never actually singing, Tachi, <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr.'s tag team partner. Uh, one of my uh, favorite characters. I've fall, I'm just, I don't know, over the years I've fallen for Tachi. In a, uh, you know, in in a way to where it's like, oh my goodness, he used to be so annoying, and that's what I mean by falling for. Cause like people hate, even the people in Japan did not enjoy Tai Chi, and just over the years with his work rate, uh, earning his way into the heavyweight division, all types of little storylines that he has went through, and now people love Tai Chi in Japan and around worldwide. Uh, yeah, but that's that's be. <laughs> so, you so, missed one. You missed one. You missed one. You forgot about Chase. Who did I leave out? Chase Owens. I thought, okay, well, my fault. Chase Owens. I, could, I thought I said that, but it's fine. Chase Owens, who, by the way, made his mark in this tournament, beat beat someone that I never thought they would let him pin. He's another guy, like I said, trying to make his name in the tournament uh, in Bullet, uh, as a Bullet Club member. Uh, first G1. Uh, still hasn't really done much, really, as a Bullet Club member. You know, or really, he's one of those guys that probably played the more of a job role than even Chase, I mean, than even Ujiro did. So uh, Chase Owens was li- looking to prove himself in this G1. So what were the highlights then on the, the B block with the matches to look out for? Well, first of all, talking about Chase Owens, he did the impossible, what Monty just said. He ended up winning <laughs> yeah. the United States IWGP champion, the John Cena of Japan, Hiroshi Tadahashi, which was a, a big, big I mean, upset. That was a big upset because he never has yeah. ever won a match in the G1. So they ended up giving him his first win over a guy who's been, you know, the pillar of New Japan yeah. wrestling for the last seven years. And they gave it, you know, he picked Tadahashi. Another interesting part, which like mm-hmm. I said, I, I want to I talk about the storylines. Uh, one was Tamatanga. He had a match with Evil, two members of the Bullet Club. One, first of all, Evil has this new... Uh, you could say a, a, a new group under the umbrella bullet <laughs> sub, club. Yeah, sub faction. I guess. Yeah, yeah, a sub faction called the uh, the House of Torture. House of Torture. Yeah. So in this match between Evil and Tamatanga, the lights went out. 
Okay, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> I think uh, Tamatanga got low blow and evil pinned him. And it turns out that yeah. the person who turned off the lights was uh, it said show yo one of them. That show it was show show show. He turned show. off the light. Now mind you, these guys are Bullet Club members, and they turn off the light in the whole arena to so evil could cheat and Pete and pen Tamatanga. So that was a uh, surprise. Jeff Cobb. He was very dominating in this tournament. I don't even think he lost anyone, any any match. Until he, he, went, got to the he went undefeated. Until uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So and then yeah. another another interesting, which uh, I hope they continue to follow up, and it's Taishi versus Evil. During that match between these two, Dick Togo, which yeah. is the uh, the second guy who's part of um, of Bullet Club, grabbed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Abe, Abe, that's the name, Abe, right? The the. Yes, I right. bet he grabbed yeah. him by the hair and kind of like threatened Tai Chi. You know, if you hit evil, whatever, I'm going to hurt her. And I mean, Tai Chi was pissed. He wanted to rip these guys' head off. So, yeah. I mean, most of the matches in the B block, like I said, most of the matches, I think that the, was interesting to me was what I saw. Because, like I said, I haven't seen everything. The Tai Chi versus evil was interesting. The Tamatanga match with evil was definitely interesting because that's going to lead to other stuff with Bullet Club. And uh, Chase Owens beating Tanahashi was a surprise, but there was another match I forgot to mention was the Joshi Hashi against Goto. Now these two guys are tag team with Ishii. Champions and, right now, too. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're the yeah. six man never open weight champion. Now you had two guys who are tag teams going at it, and at the end of the match, I believe Goto beat Hashi, and he went to give him a, to shake his hand, and Yashi Yashi was pissed off. He didn't want to hit shit. He walked away. So there's a lot of storylines going in there, but I'm going to let y'all do what you got to do, and I'm going to tell you what I think what the storylines are coming out of that. <laughs> so it boiled down to Cobb versus Akada. Winner when Akada did a good match, and I said, I'm impressed with Cobb yes. as well. Physically. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, big, big night ones. But Akada made appearance in the G1 finals in his first since 2014. With Ibushi, this is his third consecutive G1 finals. Two have met a total of five in singles matches in their career, with Bushi winning three. Akada won their first two career bouts, while Bushi, of course, won the last three. So the final standing for B-Block, Akada, 16 points. Jeff Cobb on 16 points. But I guess because Akada beat Cobb, he went through, which kind of yeah. makes sense with that. Um, so, yeah, we they, go through. They both lost one match. Yeah. And obviously. And Okada was one was Tama and Jeff's one was Okada, so therefore Okada wins. So we got the final, the 21st of October, but before the final, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. wasn't scheduled to appear at the show, uh, but he sorted down in his seat. Shibita's music playing over tight, John, and the rest headed to the square Shibata. circle. Uh, both men fought back and forth in a short five-minute match, uh, and I weren't really sure what's going on, but this is quite a big yeah. deal, wasn't it? Uh, who wants to fill me in here? Oh, my goodness. I got you. Oh, my goodness. Do you understand how many people, not only just it, fans of New Japan, I'm pretty sure it was people tearing up at that moment because a few years ago, I think it was 2017 to be exact, Katsuyuri Shibata was in a title match with, with Okada, and in the middle of the match, he had he gave, I think he gave him a headbutt, and it, they had to stop the match. Kind of It's kind of ironic, too, by the way. What I'm talking about, but they had to stop the match, and Shibata could. I don't, and he, they thought he was done. Like for he, he came back. I think later that year to tell everyone just how bad it was. He had to. He came back that year, later that year, and they had and made and took a back bump in the middle of the ring and screamed out that I am alive. 
So that just lets you know how bad it was. That he just wanted to let everyone know that he's alive. And he's been so in the last four years, he's been training the in the in the Los Angeles dojo for New Japan. He's been training uh, the new young lines and a lot of the uh some of their new talent. Everybody in New Japan is strong. They've been working with Shibata for the most part. So uh that's why when this happened, you've seen a lot of New Japan strong guys. A lot of uh, young lions had a lot of positive things and happiness to say uh, before Shibata being allowed to return back in this match. And after the five-minute UWF rules match with Zack Sabre Jr., he uh, said in Japanese that the next time he's in the ring, it will be real. It's going to be actual wrestling. So uh, it just made a lot of people happy. Shibata is one of those. If you want to compare it to anything out there, and just think about it's obvious a Daniel Bryan type of situation, uh, thing. Gonna... and that's basically what what exactly it's really just like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's kind of like a Daniel Bryan situation. And uh, Shibata was uh, also to explain kind of like what he is one of the most physical, uh, but just really really good like legit technical wrestler. And that's why if you saw in the five minute about him and Zack Sabre Jr. were going hold for hold, mm-hmm. uh, perfect grappling, and it was just great technique. And uh, it was it was just really, really great to see a guy like Shibata, who is one of the best. He's a guy who you put him on the tier of with Nakamura and Tanahashi because he was a young line with those guys, with Shinsuke Nakamura, with the because uh, but with uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. So he is that important to New Japan and to their fandom because he's one of those guys, those homegrown talent, kind of like a Tanahashi and Nakamura was. Because I think, I think if I'm correct, I think he's part of that four Musketeers. I'm correct. Yeah, he's part of yeah. Yeah, exactly. it's Tadahashi, exactly. it's Tadahashi, Shibata, uh, Nakamura, and I believe it's Okada. So a little four guys that but Shibata, if you ever want to see one of Shibata's matches, I mean you go to New Japan and, and uh, the New Japan uh what is it? Uh the, the streaming and yeah, Shibata was yeah, Shibata was one of those guys that they would give you a physical match. I mean, I remember one match he had uh, and he, uh, I forgot who he was wrestling. He headbutted the guy and busted his head wide open and continued wrestling yeah. with, with his head busted wide open. He did not care. <laughs> this guy used to hit you with a PK kick. was one of the hardest yeah. kicks that there is. I mean, um, and that's why him and Kenta, they were supposed to have like a, a feud when, when Kenta turned Bullet Club, but it never happened yeah. because he still was recovering from, uh, I think he had like some, some uh, concussion, something like that. Uh, but oh yeah, it was. I, I miss Shibata. It was, yeah, it was very bad. Yeah, Shibata was, was, was one of those guys. Yeah, Shibata was is one of those guys that I miss seeing wrestling. Uh, it, it's crazy. Well, I will say about new uh, new Jim strong as well because you people can get it in the UK and of course America costs about five or six pounds uh, to get it. You can get it on a fire stick as well. I watch it. My only complaint is that if you're watching an event, you can't then come out of it and then back on and pick up where you left off. You have to fast forward again and get to that moment, which again, for a New Japan event, it's about three hours. Sometimes you might stop it every now and again. But then again, it's it's not too bad. They've got the English content on there. So we said the G1 Climax 31 final is Akada versus Ibushi. And this was going, you know, this was really, really well worked match. We got about 24 minutes into it and both men are training at the very best. And all of a sudden Ibushi went up top to hit a Phoenix splash. And then that is where it all went wrong. Seemingly landing on his uh, right arm and face. And then Ooh. probably the worst 
seven to ten of action that I've seen of them trying to get a yeah. into the arm um, back into place and a pain. Um, yeah. I mean, ultimate one ways. Um, listen, uh, I didn't see the match, but when I heard that, they, that Okada won by stoppage, I mean, when it comes to Ibushi, Ibushi's been having a real bad luck this year, and he just came out of um, of health issues as far as respiratory issues. Yeah, like, yeah, he had like a pneumonia. He was out for like mm-hmm. probably a month and a half, and he was supposed to wrestle Will Osprey. That's where Shingo came into the picture. Um, so for him getting hurt, he's been known to get. He's a high risk guy. He, yeah. you know, he's he's at a hundred miles per hour type of wrestler. So. You know, insane and, in the ring yeah, also. Yeah. He takes insane bumps. Yeah, crazy. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, him and Aido were having some crazy matches, and Aido dropped them neck first on the edge of the ring apron outside. <laughs> on the apron. Really. Yeah, and busted his head See. open, and, and, they kept, and they kept wrestling. So, I mean, it's sad that he had to – not even you can't even say lose, but I had to stop the match. And who knows yeah. if it would have been Okada – for the third time, um, it would have he would have won this. I think the third time in in four years. I mean, I don't I don't think that's ever happened. Uh, three no. years in a row uh, that I know I know Masa Chono has won the most G one uh, climax tournament, and I think Muda follows him. I'm not sure, but you know they, this guy Bushi is going to be a star. He's going to be the next Okada. He's going to be the next Tadahashi, but he just had bad luck, and for him to. That match to be stopped, and then your guys saw it. Uh, whoever saw the match, I haven't seen it yet. If he was in a lot of pain, yeah. you know he's going to be out for at least six he months. He rough. probably wouldn't be in Wrestle Kingdom. So oh, he, Wrestle Kingdom. I think up. they thought he they thought he dislocated, or you know, just like when you have to pop it back in. And, oh, but God. you can tell when they were trying to pop oh, it yeah. back in, it was more than a than yeah. And who knows? Like, it was yeah. it's gone. It's probably ligament ligament damage, and he might be out. He probably wouldn't make it to Wrestle Kingdom. But Wrestle Kingdom again. Uh, if you guys never seen the Wrestle Kingdom, or I know Monty has, uh, yeah. Wrestle Kingdom is like WrestleMania. It's like in the Tokyo Dome, you got 45, 60,000 people in the Tokyo Dome, and then nothing great, and nothing better in the world than being at the Tokyo Dome. And actually, what was in the Tokyo Dome and watching that, 65, 70,000 people cheering in a match is ridiculous. I mean, but it's sad. It's just sad. I think, and I, and I wish him the best speedy recovery because I enjoy Bushi matches. He is, like I say, 100 miles per hour. And you could beat him, and when he gets to that point when you could kick him, slap him, whatever, when he goes off on Yeah, when you go in his mode. Ooh, boy, it's over. Yeah. Uh, he, I did, I the did most ironic, bit. he was a super junior, and he did it all the time. He did the Phoenix Flash all the time. Yeah. And so, so it's just funny how it turns out when, he, you know, because yeah, he, now he brings it out. In these big moments like this match, so it's just it's unfortunate all the good. Well, I did feel a bit sorry for the English commentator, not Kevin Kelly, but the other fella, because uh, as <laughs> so I don't mean to laugh at it, but as it, the commentator said, through injury, <laughs> a phoenix rising from the yeah. ashes, and then he injured himself yeah. on the phoenix splash, and I just thought he oh, hyped right. it perfectly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he hyped it up perfectly, and it just yeah, it was so bad. It's so unfortunate. It's, it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah. So um, go. On. So, I mean, to me, I mean, Kokata wins this again. Uh, this is what? The third time, Monty, he won this? Second? No. Third time. Definitely. Yeah, overall. Uh, yeah, I think this is the third time. But, like I said, this storyline is coming out of this. Um, um, again, I, I see Tadahashi is going to have to defend his U.S. title against Owens. You see, I, I see a lot of problems coming out of this Bullet Club thing. 
The one thing that we didn't mention, me, uh, me and Monty, them, is that Jay White was not in this tournament this year at all. Yeah. And so, and so wasn't Minoru Suzuki. These guys are in the tournament every year. Uh, and I don't know if you have followed uh, James, but uh, but Tamatanga has been calling out uh, Jay White and t- saying, you know, are you the real leader or not? Why are you? Why were right. you G one climax? And not only on top of that, but then you got the Gorillas of Destiny, who's probably pretty much calling out the Good Brothers and Impact. So you know, now the question is, what's going to happen with Bullet Club? Because now Evil has this sub faction called the House of Torture. And after that match with him and Tamatanga, when the lights went out and, and and Yo went and turned off the lights, now is this is you know some type of beef in, within inside Bullet Club? That's something to watch. Uh, again, the Evil maybe stop feeling with Tai Chi because of what he did to his girl. So this is what I love G1 Climax and New Japan because this is what Japan does. They plan a two-year storyline. Okay. And uh, if you want to follow up how they do it, they got a sto- uh, YouTube. They got like a documentary how they do it. They do two years storyline, and once those two years storyline finishes, then they go to the next another two years. That's why no matter how bad, even when the elite left New Japan, and people are like, oh my God, Japan's gonna no. They figured ways to do to to put matches, even though you may see the same guys wrestle, but the the last match that they had will be top with the one. They have currently, so it's just mm-hmm. it's it's crazy. I mean, I haven't watched New Japan Strong. That's another thing that I want to keep watching because some of the story, especially with the Will Osprey now. I mean, Will Osprey is going to come out MLW with the belt, and he's walking around with the with a with the IWGP belt. He's claiming he's the real world champion because he never got beat with it. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, uh, if they're going to have a some type of unification match between him and Shingo. Or somebody beats Shingo before Wrestle Kingdom, it's 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 going to be very interesting. I think without doubt, like I said, with Wrestle Kingdom happening in January as well, I think we'll keep an eye out for that on our Raw episode. But all in all, I think Japan covered well there. Jaxi, uh, does that help you understand anything just a little bit more? I mean, I feel like I could actually go and start, um, pick up New Japan Wrestling myself and actually start picking up on these things really quickly now. You know, I think that's a really good in-depth. Uh, breakdown of what's going on in New Japan. So thank you, guys. Yeah, about that. You can you can definitely tell the passion in Monty and the older one's voice. And of course, uh, we're going to have <laughs> WWE stuff to cover in a little bit. Like we've still got Crown Jewel and a lot of other Halloween. But up next is something Dan and myself used to do on the podcast that I want right now. And that, now we used to masturbate on all the live shows. And basically it's saying that it'd be quite in. And it's it, but basically the two people straight away. We're gonna, so I will go against Monty first time round. And then it's going to be Jaxie versus the old man. There's going to be a subject that you have to debate about. But here's the kick. have to decide. Right. Now, basically, go into it a little bit. So, like I said, me and Monty to the start. Uh, old man one, Jaxie, you can be the judges and basically tell tell us who won the argument. If someone needs to win the argument, it will make more sense when it started. Monty, are you ready? Let's do it. And I'll give you the subject. <laughs> so basically, the it's quite simple when we get to it. The first subject me and Monty are going to argue about, actually, the Elman going to tell us, it's NXT versus NXT. In <laughs> now, oh yeah, my God. <laughs> look, I'll defend, I'll go for 2.0 if you want, Monty. Oh. You know, because I know you yeah. hate it. Oh, you better. Oh, you better. <laughs> <laughs> if I have to defend them, I, I will concede from the beginning. Oh. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, so you want me to start? You start with your open argument, please. Tell me why NXT is better than NXT 2.0. Well, uh, man, see, do you know why this is difficult? It's difficult because it is so many reasons I can think of why uh, NXT is better. You know, let, let's just go on. Let's just go. Let's let's take it straight from just like booking in general. Let's just talk about it from uh NXT has more storylines that that are fleshed out. They have they they instead of just spawning new people on your screen without an explanation of who they are and then having them beat people you know and love, they actually, you know, gave their talent time and built them against other, you know, uh talent that you didn't like whether it was enhancement talent, whatever, you know, whatever. Don't even get me started on the pre USA Network days of NXT. Uh, they, mm. I don't even want to compare. I'm talking about just, you know, te- television-wise version of NXT. That version of NXT that doesn't even have the greatest NXT roster that they've had over in the past just dwarfs NXT 2.0 and just something as simple as being interesting on a week-to-week basis. Uh, yeah. But uh, hang on. And can, I, I, and Monty, I, can I just say something quick, Lo? You agree with me here. Like, mm-hmm. NXT in 2015, 2016 was, like, the best, wasn't it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you course. know, and... Around and you, would, everywhere. you know, and you would say maybe in a few years since then, it, it kind of dropped off in quality. Yes. It's yeah. not the, of the same... No, no, it's not. It, it fell off. Feels like we're in court. No, no, I, I would agree with you. No, continue, continue. <laughs> okay, so, like I was saying, overall, to just make my point clear, NXT in, in like, character development storylines, roster quality, women, come on, can we, do we want to compare this women's division to the women's division of just a few years back? I don't think, I don't think you want to. Uh, uh, Title reigns, even though to be fair, this is, this is really new for NXT 2.0. So I don't know exactly where they're going with a lot of their stuff, but I think obviously NXT has a history of, and and let me leave on, on this one point. As far as Halloween Havoc goes, <laughs> com- and, and how about takeovers and specials? Do you are how excited are any of you are any if you are excited at all the special under the NXT point old banner than you were let's say to takeovers of years in the past? And I could just leave it right there. Yeah, because but, no, I'm not hype at all about Halloween Havoc. But as you said, and I'll leave it at that. As you <laughs> said, it's stuff from years ago. You're not talking about last year, Halloween Havoc. You're talking about takeover events. Like I said, for, that's for. And the thing with NXT is AEW came along. And look what happened in the ratings. If, it, if NXT was that good at its time, it would have at least oh, wow. offered competition against AEW. Mm. You're going to compare mm-hmm. developmental You're speaking to Kenny about the history. Excuse me, can I finish? Please, can I finish? <laughs> uh, you're talking about. <laughs> James, you, you lo- you're lucky you're debating with him because. That would have been me. You would have been done. Well, you're not. So please, sir. <laughs> As I was saying, they talk about the history of AEW and stuff like that coming along. Storyline developments. Uh, you talk about the talent from NXT and the reason why 2.0 is better because they won't need to make changes. You look at someone like or Van w- Von Wagner, they will come to the main roster exactly how they are in NXT. You won't put a, a red helmet on Von Wagner. You're not going to change the name uh, to Bearcat oh Lee. Look how goodness. many times they have dropped the ball in NXT. You look at it. 
No, it's developmental. You're building stars for the future and to be in WrestleMania. <laughs> Is the product not good, but it necessitates a change. NXT failed. That's why 2.0 had to come about. It was because NXT couldn't get the job done. 2.0 started. So in actual fact, 2.0 is better than NXT. Oh, what? NXT failed. <laughs> Tell me it won. Whoa. Tell me it won anything. Did it bring ratings? Did it beat AEW? did nothing. We're talking about this five years ago, but it takeovers were good. You know why this is a laughable argument? Because word for word, you're lucky I can't just pull from the dubbing on tape. Because I swore, I can swear, I know you love Halloween Havoc last year. <laughs> All right. Dexter Loomis and Cameron Grimes, that one match, I put it up against anything NXT 2.0 has done so far. I, I think you'll find Toxic Attraction <laughs> will go straight to the main oh, roster oh and they God. will have the success that they had there don't that other won't it. have. You know, play, I, I don't just because... Just because don't compare the old NXT. Mistakes. It's the NXT that was. The NXT, the start of this year, <laughs> compare it to the 2.0 we got now. 2.0 is just better. Don't really start care more about year. it. Are you getting paid? Are you getting paid by WWE to say this? Yeah, this really—that's that, what it sounds like. It sounds, it sounds like it sounds like you. It sounds like you. Uh, they 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 asked you to advertise because you know what? I hate to say it. I, it I'm sorry. I hate to say it, but the NXT from I could I could put it right now. The NXT for 2019. That roster, I could have put it up against AEW. The roster now. Okay. That was my and, point. The, the, and, the and, old era of NXT was yeah. compared to the main roster. Yeah. You just yeah. pointed out that 2.0 is developmental. Do you not understand that? They were comparing something that we always knew was developmental to main to Kenny yeah. Omega, to what they're doing in, yeah. in to what they're doing and, on the and main And now roster. it's proper now developmental. Now they're back to that, saying, oh, this is developmental. Development. Okay. Well, right, hang on. Whoa. Whoa, everybody chill. Right. Now it's glorified OVW. <laughs> Okay, Jaxie. No, no, no. Whoa, 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 everybody, everybody. Jaxie, what are your thoughts on? Um, I feel like I shouldn't. I feel like I. It would be a little bit biased of me because I must admit I tried to watch the first episode of Two Point Out and I got bored. Um, and I. <laughs> they can't even try to back your argument. You probably made a better argument than me. Yours felt way more prepared and planned. But I'm letting you know right now. James, James. Is there so bad that you can't convince anyone anything? The part that I don't understand how James can defend 2.0 when this man themselves said, oh, we don't want guys in their 30 or 40. So basically what you're saying, you don't want wrestlers who, um, I call it, already went to the Indies, they've uh, made a name for themselves, come to NXT. Experience. Experience, have some great war game matches, great NXT takeovers. Now, my question is, if NXT 2.0 is so great, how come they cancel the takeover? My my question to you, sir, is I didn't know it was a handicap match. (laughs) If if I knew you then you I made would, it that I way. Would with the no, 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 no. No, this is. I think if I annoyed people with my argument, and then I can't help that. So anyway, we're, we're I, in, so I, 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 want, I want to clarify that I'm not bad mouthing 2.0 because I'm just genuinely saying I stopped watching it, um, and I don't think it's good or bad now. So I mean. I'm just, I'm just saying. I think it's a clean sweep. No, 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 Hang on, hang on. We're going to ask again. What I'm saying, <laughs> forget the show. I'm talking about the old. 
debate, the debate between myself and Monty, in your eyes, I'll first. Who won that? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. There we go. I think I, we I, already know what ultimately. Well, well, let's ask you. Who won the argument? <laughs> <laughs> Do you really want to ask me? You know you already lost the argument. 2.0 is not better than the NXT from back. Sorry. All right. So Monty goes through to the final, but the question is. You made that one kind of easy for Yeah, me, I boy. know, I know. But who's win? <laughs> because it's Jaxie versus one. Now, um, Jaxie, I'll give you a choice. I've got two you can pick from, all right, to decide if you want. So one of them is either Rampage or SmackDown, or the other one, Exact Sabre or Brian Daniels. Oh, you should mm. gave me that one. Wow, that's a good one. Let's do Rampage and SmackDown. Right. Because I know Jr. So, what do you want? Well, no, uh, do you want SmackDown or Rampage? Rampage. So, one's got to argue SmackDown's better. That is brilliant. <laughs> so, I got to talk about SmackDown? <laughs> yeah, you've got to argue SmackDown's oh, better than Rampage. you got to make an argument for SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, who's starting for You want to start first, John? I mean, I feel hey, like... And then I'm put it this way. Ladies first. Well, Abby, thank you. That's I really appreciate it. Although I feel like you're going to need more of a better argument, but I will definitely just come and play straight away. So I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there that Rampage is, um, is only one hour long and yet does more in one hour and creates more content <laughs> matches than we get really consistently on a SmackDown episode. If you think about mm. it, episodically running. Um, not only is it, you know, a bigger disadvantage and the fact that, you know, if we take adverts out for SmackDown, we, we roughly get around one hour 35, one hour 40 minutes, roughly. Um, and if you think about it in terms of more recent uh, coverage of SmackDown, it has been more uh, promos and talking on mic than there have been matches. Uh, you know, and even in this promo work, a lot of they are not actually getting their point across as to what they want to actually do or what they want to come out of that promo. Whereas when you look at something like Rampage, within an hour, you're getting promos, matches, and just overall entertainment, building and setting up for it, then, uh, you know, dynamite the, the week after. That's my argument. Uh, you, know, I, I, you know what? I'm going to agree with her about that because... Uh, you know, James, you try to trick me. I like that. You know, for me to argue about SmackDown, but we all know the fucking SmackDown sucks because. And I'm gonna, and I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna put it this way. I don't understand how SmackDown sometimes pulls two million because I think I think it was I, I was I was I was looking at the the I think what's the last week? Wait, was Rampage against SmackDown? Was it last week that they yeah. had that? Okay, so. I was watching Rampage. I did the. I, I, I was watching the buy-in, and I was going back and forth. I had my SmackDown on my phone, and I was watching the YouTube. And I'm saying to myself, how the hell does people even bother to watch this? Two million people on Friday watching this shit of people doing fucking promos, fifteen fucking minutes. Okay, I, I'm sorry if I'm cursing a lot because it just it drives me nuts when you got Seth Rollins looking like Harley Quinn's little brother. Okay. Talking nonsense, and I think to myself, you start the fucking, you start the freaking show with 15 minute promos, okay? Then you put bullshit ass matches for two or three minutes, okay? 
well, two three-minute matches. The women's matches are uh, like, what, two minutes long. Um, and then you have, I don't know, Saka, Nakamura with the guy with the guitar. I don't even know his name. It, it, I can't defend Rick Boo. Yeah. Rick Boo. Rick Boo. That's what it is. Okay, and then it's just, WWE wants to put a good show. They could do it. They could do it because, I mean, like I said, I watched Crowd Jewel, the, the kickoff show. And even though that match wasn't built, but you let two guys go in there and wrestle. Why they can't do this on Friday nights? Everything is promos. They start off Raw with promo. They start SmackDown with promos. And it's like, why does it have to be about promos? You know, and that's what kills me about WWE fans. Because they're like, oh, a wrestler's not good because they don't know promos. Wrestling is not about promos. So, Jossie, you want this because I, I agree with you. <laughs> you want this because... Uh, Rampage, and when it comes to Rampage, Rampage is you rarely see anybody doing promos in the back. The match, the, the beginning of the show, you see the match start. Whether it's Daniel Garcia against CM Punk, Garcia's already in the ring. You don't see CM Punk talking about, I'm going to kick your ass, I'm going to put you to sleep. You don't see none of that. So, uh, Jackson, you want. I'm throwing the towel. <laughs> so, Jackson, probably the easiest masturbate we've we've ever had. Uh, Jaxie does win that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but Monty, you see how he didn't put that um um that 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 debate with me about the NXT because he knew we were gonna lose. So he chose you. So either way it go. At least I tried. I think the A the 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 WWE topic and ultimate one on the same turn. I know you did that. Yeah, I know that. I he thought Jackson might pick SmackDown. I thought... <laughs> no one's going to pick SmackDown. You know that. So you left me with no choice. No, I'm going to lose anyway. All this tribal chief, all this head of the table slander is really... Exactly. Uh, the A show. Come on now. Yeah. Somebody get the head of the table. Come on, Jay. Let's weave an argument. <laughs> exactly. That's the A show. The most viewed wrestling show the, every right. week. It's the only Smackdown, decent show right? they put on. Yeah. That investment. Rampage does not mean that I, I don't enjoy some WWE content, but with with the choice of question at that moment in time, I thought to myself, "What uh, what do you enjoy watching more on a Friday night?" And argue for that. And right now, yes, it is Rampage. Rampage hey, Jack- is much better. Jackson, you did nothing wrong. It was Elma one that gave up. So yeah. we'll move on to the final. <laughs> Final. What a cheap, what a, what a, what a cheap shot. Right. The final. Obviously, between Monty uh, and obviously, uh, well, we'll let Monty pick from the topic. Tony Khan, Vince McMahon. Very simple. Oh, my God. Really? Ah, uh, yeah. I got you. I got you. You know, I'm going with Vinnie Matt. Yes. I'm going with uh, Satan himself, self-proclaimed. That was his, that was his own storyline, by the way. He, he the one who told JR to start calling him Satan. I'm not saying he's Satan. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Anyway, Vinny Mac, wrestling. Vincent Kennedy McMahon, the real boss. You already know who it is. The originator. <laughs> the st- what Sasha always come out and say the standard, the blueprint. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm done. Done laughing through my argument. But anyway, uh, so I just so this is versus Tony, right? So yep. I just need to really keep it based, like who I prefer yeah. over Tony. Well, all right. Let's just be honest. You just need to state fact win this argument. That's all you have I to got, do. It, it's really, it's, it's simple. Most, and I'm not going to speak for everyone, but a lot of people, 
they wouldn't even watch wrestling if it wasn't for Vince. They wouldn't even know what it is if it wasn't for the things that he would done. And I'm not even going to keep focusing on the past, but even the things he continued to do. The mere fact that Tony Khan was so happy that he had a mini Twitter orgasm about winning the SmackDown ratings or being in the same ballpark or whatever the specifics were with SmackDown just proves my point. Tony knows he's looking up at a giant and he's just happy to be mentioned in the same breath as mm, mm, Kennedy mm, McMahon. He just, he mm. loved the fact that you fanboys get online. Oh my God, I'm probably going to get killed for this one. But anyway, he loved that y'all get online and y'all compare him. Like, I know Tony Khan just love it. Like, oh my God, they, they, they really love like me. They think, they think I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm the exa- example of what a boss should be. I'm going crazy over there right now. No, well, please. <laughs> I know ultimate what he is. I'm fucking losing it right here. It's Vince, it's Vince. The thing is, like you said with Vince, but it's, it's, it's correct at the moment. Uh, anything else, Monty or Jaxie, do you want to start your opening one? All I got to say is that every he is the originator of the game that we all love and watch mm-hmm. and play. He is the reason why. Tony Khan even wants to do it. Why do you think that demographic even matters to them? It's based on not only finance, of course, but his name record base. He wants to be in the same era as the guy, the creator of what we all enjoy, which is Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Whether you like it, like him, like things he do, like things his company do, you may not like it all, but at the end of the day, he is the Zeus of pro wrestling. Brought to you by WWE Products. <laughs> All right. Now, now over to Jaxie. Okay. Well, whilst, whilst I still agree with some of the points that you brought up in terms of Vince being a veteran, Vince sort of creating that, that actual opening for those of us that call ourselves fans of the, of the wrestling product. At the same time, you could also argue as to how much he's been a tyrant over uh, all of the years uh, growing up. You could argue that Tony Khan may be that sort of um, a sim- similar case to a fanboy of Vince's, Vince's, that he wants to kind of be in the same era that, uh, uh, that Vince is still running things when it comes to wrestling. But at the same time, you could also argue that Tony Khan has seen this tyrant like dwindling when it comes to wrestling. When it comes to its content and when it comes to what the people want, Tony Khan actually a lot. He also looks for the people to end up giving him great advice towards the content that he is providing on his show. You could also see him as maybe even like a a, a hero that is coming to sort of overthrow the tyrant that is constantly PG thirteening a lot of wrestling content that doesn't need to be PG thirteen. And I'm not talking about women and the, and the way that uh, they used to treat them back in the day. I'm talking more sort of actual sport content, and that is something that Tony Khan allows. He allows not only creativity in the ring, he allows wrestlers to actually continue to their own progression and not be stifled underneath that of a tyrant and listening to his rules and his way in that, that way. I also want to argue and say that I disagree with you saying that... Uh, you know, we all owe everything down to Vince McMahon because it could be that Vince McMahon put on a uh, uh, all this money for good shows and everything like that, but it's ultimately down to the wrestlers that he booked. And slowly but surely, over time, he's been downgrading them. He 
he's been degrading them and he's outright just disrespected them. <laughs> and it is that is giving all of that respect back. He is trying to give it more, uh, not just to the wrestlers, but to the audience. And overall, Tony Khan is much more of a better fit than Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Done. Mic drop. <laughs> hey, excellent. Uh, yes, right. Yes. I completely make, disagree with you, but here, <laughs> no, I completely disagree. We make disagree. movies over here, James. <laughs> I think, I think, I think huh, he's gonna puke. He's gonna puke. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I, I, I got, I got something to say about that. He said, Monty said that we own it to this McMahon to the part of everything. I'm going to take you back before Vince McMahon <laughs> took, took, you know, you know, took over the wrestling business in the 80s, mister. First of all, we, I got to give thanks to the guys from the NWA days because WWE was nothing. Put them out of business. But the thing is, is that did Vince McMahon get millions and millions of dollars from his dad to start a wrestling company uh, to become competitive with the... No. Vincent Mann was a game changer who bought out his dad and then invested the money taken up the territories to become what it is. There's no doubt on AEW television when they go, this guy's a Hall of Famer. This guy's a Hall of Famer. You go, yes, for another <laughs> fucking because people look at rocking exactly. off that. That's the thing. Okay, they here we go. What Hall of Fame made by Vincent Mann. First of all, you want to talk? You want to talk about Hall of Famer? Who's in the Hall of Fame WWE? You got everybody. You got Krusty the Clown in WWE Hall of Fame. So, as far as, as far as WWE, sure you ain't think about Impact. No, I'm just <laughs> oh wow, wow, that's a shot at James. But anyway, but uh, but but how you call it? Yes, McMahon has done a lot, and that don't, don't 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 get me wrong. McMahon used to do a lot of great shows in the '80s and '90s. His WrestleManias were great. We go to WrestleMania Seven when he had Ultimate or oh, was it Six? Ultimate against Hogan. We go to WrestleMania 18, Hogan against The Rock. He used to do great pay-per-views. Now it's all right. You could talk about how great the man's been and what he's done or whatever. But just like uh, Latoya Jackson, what have you done for me lately? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing at all. Sorry, is that the same one that... Yeah, but Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Wasn't that what you started watching WWE for again? So that would be pretty lately, wouldn't it? Hold on, hold on, hold on. But see, the only reason I watched... Head on the table. No, 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 no. First of all, okay, you want to talk about Crown Jewel? Crown Jewel was an okay show. I could count how many... Spoilers. Spoiler alert. Okay, was it was a good show. It was not the greatest, but again, boost my point. If you could put a show like you did in Crown Jewel, why you can't do that on SmackDown? Why you can't do that in Raw? Every week it's been garbage. So whatever he did in the past, fine. He's the he was the man for twenty years because other wrestling there was no big wrestling organization. As far as Tony Khan, Tony Khan put his money to the side and becomes a wrestling mark and shows you what type of booking he does. I mean, who saw last week he put in Daniel Bryan against Minoru Suzuki? No one. Oh no God. one saw that coming. No one. And that beat, and even if it beats whatever, 20 minutes, 30 seconds, whatever it was, 
you goes to show you you cannot mess with Tony Khan because this man oh, yes, he's a businessman. Come on, he's this, a bit no, though. But you gotta look at like it. The mark with the checkbook. Yeah, the, the, but, and the thing is, Tony Khan. I'm glad you said that. You said that he's a he's a mark. Literally over, he got Daddy's money to actually run this and shit. Get over it, man. Because you know, not everyone's got all the money in the world to be able to like just outright create their own company and stuff like that. Why not take advantage where you can? Exactly. Much like Donald Trump did, and like Trump and Khan, I can I can see exactly where you're coming from. Yeah, no, you're right. Taking Daddy's money to build an empire. Yeah, no, that. Whoa, 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 whoa! So, A McMahon doing the same shit. McMahon's doing the same thing. He grabs his money and build an empire, right? He built the empire from the ground up. That's the point. Exactly, he got it from his dad. He right? bought it from his dad. He didn't get given it. He didn't get given no, 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 it. He had to earn it. Yeah, he bought it from his dad when his dad had cancer. So he pretty much swiped it over under his feet. So, swiped so over again, man. Is that what swiped it? <laughs> he swiped it, over his feet. it from a dead man's cold hands. That's... Listen to me. The bottom line is, the bottom line is, you, you could talk whatever you want about what he did in the past. That's the past. What has he done lately? Nothing. Crown jewel. We just it. And then to top it off, and then to top it off, here's, here's something crazy. In, in New York, right, in Long Island, they, they opened a new arena, right, the UBS arena, right? He has 7,000 um, tickets that he could have sold uh, um, up front. You know how many tickets he sold? 2,000. So you tell me that's not a problem for WWE. They don't. They only put good matches when they want to. Otherwise, well, the, the thing is with that is that I don't think Cody was offering a free photograph and bring your flag for ten dollars. <laughs> so if they were doing that at the WWE event, it probably would have sold a bit better, like AEW did in Miami. Oh, you know. Listen, but at the, at the end of the day, when was the last time WWE ever put twenty thousand people in, a, in an arena? Extreme rules with no extreme rules matches. He did it then too. No pay-per-view. No pay-per-view. Oh, come on. No pay-per-view. House show. Where was the last... A house time show in some shit town, I'm sure. And I'm just England. Uh, uh, England. He did a house show. <laughs> yeah, what about Europe? Yeah, yeah. Europe. Europe. No, we talk about United States. Oh, well, oh I see. Come oh. on. What was the last time... Hey, this is my last line for the debate. The debate. This is my last line. One of these guys are a genius... One of them is a fan around genius. So that's, uh, and, and uh, the, the one that's a genius is Vince McMahon. Uh, I'm leaving no, you right I, there. no, I don't believe that for a second. I think that there is some, that like that, the way that you can see Tony, Tony Khan is someone who is very passionate about the business, grown up passionate about it, wants to do better by the product, by the content that we're, that we're all being it's denied. fan loyalty. No, no, no. Uh, don't get me wrong. Go ahead, go ahead, Jackie. Go ahead. If it wasn't for the fact that we actually even had someone like Tony Khan uh, getting the balls to stand up and be like, yeah, I want to create my own AEW content, we wouldn't even have a rivalry where Vince McMahon... Just did it, try. Where Vince McMahon... <laughs> <laughs> 
decent content. Now you actually see WWE trying to create content that we actually want to see. And that is something that he's lacked sorely over the years prior to AEW coming out. And it's thanks to Tony Khan and him creating a new company as to why there's, there is spark, there is life that is still left in WWE. And and that's what I feel. Like, I don't think we're going to come to a common ground on this argument. I think. But acknowledge too... getting mad. But this about it. It's not. It's not comparing <laughs> Tony Khan to Vince McMahon. It's comparing Tony Khan to Eric Bischoff because he does uh, all no, the Bischoff no, stuff. No, 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 that's that's it. Does. no, no, no. Wow. Stuff he does on no, TNT. No, no, no. You look at all no. the old WCW stuff that he tries to do. <laughs> he is a mark for Nitro. That's why he's got that's Thunder it. on Friday. Okay, oh, sorry. Okay, I meant go. Rampage. Nah. You know, yeah. Thunder I mean, and Nitro. Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I'll be hyped up on this because... Uh-oh. <laughs> First of all, it's funny. It's funny how every Bischoff talks a lot of shit about Tony Khan, right? But yet he was doing the same shit, and when when he was going against Vince McMahon in the '90s, so you, you know, to me, every Bischoff, every Bischoff is a freaking guy who's stressed out, probably pissed off because AEW doesn't want to sign him on their payroll and whatnot. So whenever time they they invite him, he thinks, well, they invited me to this. Uh, segment, maybe they'll they'll hire me. No, this is a guy who knows. First of all, he's a WWE shield. He's an investment man, nuts. Excuse my language, because <laughs> that's what he does. He talks shit. Whether if they're competing or not, the bottom line is they did something that. And if we look at it right now, uh, AEW did not started the beef last week with the SmackDown. And the rapping, it was Vince McMahon being an asshole who wanted to put 30 minutes extra for what? AEW is not doing nothing to you. So that's it backfired. It backfired. So therefore, yeah. for, 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 it was like, oh, you know, we were actually competing. Well, AEW wasn't trying to compete with them. WWE was. So, you know, and, and of course, every bitch is going to talk shit because he's still a, a WWE mark because he's in the Hall of Fame. He doesn't want to take the Hall of Fame and take it out been taken out, and he'd be banned from WWE, and that's why he talks shit, you know what I'm saying? And honestly... <laughs> Jaxie, do you want to... Uh, this is actually your argument, Jaxie, so I don't know if you want to add anything to it. No, I mean, like, just to add to that alongside it, like, as they wrote, he wrote, he said about Eric Bischoff not actually fully being signed with uh, you know, AEW, he's not looking to burn those bridges, but I mean, you, you want to kind of look at it like um, Tony Khan's just kind of mimicking this that and the other but all i see is him actually uh trying to bring back a lot of what he was passionate about and what got him into wrestling in the, in the first place a lot of the content that he does produce on on wwe yet yeah, uh, on aew sorry it yeah it does um spark and reignite old old um content that may have been brought up in wcw or whatever like that but isn't that what we want because of that what we enjoyed the most about wrestling back in that time and it's like, you know, it's those little forgotten things and uh, that Tony is trying to bring back when it comes to his AEW content. Instead of those, like Vince McMahon, who's going around like a tyrant, firing anyone under the size of five foot eight uh, and, and who aren't big and stocky men, you know, uh, it's picking exactly. two the WWE. The, the thing is, I think the, the final did, thing... Did Zelina just win the crown? Yes, she no, did. But the, the, the final thing to say no, is no, one, no, of them, me start. one of them was a man. One of them was a man who had a hundred million 
wrestlers to invest in a wrestling company to sign wrestlers from the WWE that weren't happy at the time to make storylines better, to make the show that one of the most shot, most watched shows week in, week out for a wrestling show and provided proper competition to WWE. And the other guy is Tony Khan. That's all I'm going to say. All right, that's, that's the end of it. Uh, uh, <laughs> Bischoff and Khan. Boy, let me tell you. Uh, listen, listen. I, 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 don't, I don't understand. Little, how, I, I don't understand how how you guys think that what Big McMahon is doing, what Tony Khan is doing, is trying to bring professional wrestling the way it was back in the days. Maybe you may not have the NWOs or whatever, but you got professional wrestling. So Vince McMahon's been bringing you garbage for the last three years when I still remember the promo with him, his son, his daughter, Triple H. Oh, we're going to give you good new content, new fresh fresh matches. I'm still waiting. It went November, October 2021. I'm still waiting for those fresh matches. Yeah, and I'll leave whereas, that. whereas we can watch the NWO rip off the Elite on Dynamite and Rampage doing the same shit uh, they were doing 20 years previously. I'm still so, waiting on an actual women's storyline. Women's wrestling storyline. You know, be nice. AEW is sports entertainment. Like, there's a different element to it. All we get mainly is like the drama that never uh, amounts to anything when it comes to WWE content because either Vince halfway through just grows bored and decides I, I don't want that doesn't care about how bad he makes the wrestlers look and buries his wrestlers and then you've got someone like like tony who yes is very early on in in his career as a businessman when it comes to owning a wrestling company but someone who is picking up on original content from the past that actually worked and trying to bring that back i mean i don't i don't see how you can kind of uh look at it as as vince doing all of that because Vince ain't doing shit. Vince ain't doing shit. Amen to that. Say, Amen and you to think that. Tony Amen Khan's to doing everything? Like Monty no. said, it's it's a smart man with money around people that know about the wrestling industry. And when he gets well, tired of it, we well, saw it. Well, let me ask you a he question. was jotting down a on a notepad at the Fulham game, like the AEW cards, like he was doing a fucking, you know, just. But, but, and then okay, he got so surprised ask... the media saw it. And it's like, Tony, you're meant to be professional, mate. Don't jot notes down whilst you're on TV. Like, don't be at Fulham. Concentrate on one thing no, or the but, other. But, you know? but here, I, I'm, glad, I'm glad you say that. He says that he listens to other people, right? They're around him, which are wrestlers, right? So what's the WWE business man listens to? Bruce Pritchard, who don't know shit, almost fucking took Impact out of business. Then you got Joe Lorenzo, people power, who has it, who as a wrestler was nothing, who was a, they went shit in his fucking career. And then, and they got 36 writers who can't fucking come up with a fucking storyline for any of those people every week. And a story for me. Thank right. you very much. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to pin, pin it now. In a couple Please. of weeks' time, we've got an AEW live show coming up. And at that point, we'll do WWE versus AEW in a masturbate, and we'll see. But excellent. I think we'd get so involved. And by the, uh, by the way, Jackson, you won the argument. <laughs> uh, well, James, Monty, tell me you I won the you argument, Monty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> time. Time. Nobody won that argument, right. I guess. So that's Monty, you on. won. Oh, two one. I agree to disagree. At least I have someone on my side. <laughs> Well, we'll move on to say that Ultimate One is not that annoyed about. <laughs> that will be Impact Wrestling because as we record, this <laughs> the Bound for Glory uh, card 
is upon us. And, of course, the ultimate one knew the action on the show. So we're going to run through the card. But first off, uh, I'll ask you, Monty, where are you with Impact Wrestling? Have you been watching any of it at all this year? Sparingly. I catch it every now and then. Uh, I'm, I'm one of those guys who, if I see a, a name... Because Impact seemed to have a, a nice revolving door of either people I've heard before, heard of from somewhere else, or you know whether it's New Japan, whether it's you know other promotions, or it's just you know people I want to check out because I haven't heard from them in a while because they've been in Impact that long. So stuff like that. So I, I don't, I'm not gonna act like I catch every episode, but I definitely uh, check on people if you if you know what I mean. I go on the site or go on YouTube on Impact Wrestling YouTube and look at clips. So. Yeah, I'm I'm that type of. That's no problems. And Jack, see anything with impact? Um, I have to agree. I'm pretty much the same. Um, when I when I hit, read about um certain matches happening, I've actually gone back and watched it. Like um, I was really um intrigued to, to hear when Mickey James returned to Impact. So I've dabbled in and out, and I'm definitely going to be watching Bound for Glory. I'm so excited to hear uh, hear and see that the icon- iconics are returning. Um. Mm-hmm. What Which Elba mean... one hates? He hates them. But we'll get on that in a minute. Oh, we we will God. get on that in a minute. You know, I'm just actually more happy in terms of the fact that like women's tag team wrestling really just is not is is it's just been dabbled in and really non-existent. But I think that it was after we kind of lost them that I realized that they were a very good tag team. Um, so yeah, I'm intrigued to see what what they come up with um uh, later today. Without a doubt. So let's run through the cards. Then we start off with the Good Brothers. Of course, Doc Gallows and Carl Anson versus Finn Juice versus the Bullet Club, Chris Bay and Hikaleu. Tag team titles. The Good Brothers, Impact World Tag Team Championships. They've, they've been the champions basically most of the year. Swapped it with VBD and well, won them back. Um, but are we happy with this? Because obviously, Ultima One, when we talk about Impact, you would want another team stepping up for the tag team titles here. Say that again. Yeah, I said you want the G.O.D. to step up against Good Brothers, didn't you, at Bound for Glory? Oh, yeah, yeah. But see, here, here's the thing, though, because now uh, now um, I'm seeing that um, that the Bullet Club members are involved in this. So most likely G.O.D. may pop out because, you know, the G1 climax is over with, you know. Um, you know, But then again, you know, you got Fit Juice also. So, I mean, again, the tight, uh, when it comes to the tag team scene, uh, with Impact, it's not that rich with tag team. So, I mean, if let me put it this way: if God does not come out in this pay per view, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. I'll say it like that. Yeah, I, I think I see. I, I don't see the Good Brothers losing those those titles anytime soon. But you, you're gonna go and put it back on, on Finn Juice? It doesn't make any sense. And as far as Hikaleo and uh, Chris Bay, them being tag team champions. Maybe it can happen just to give a little taste of Hikaleo of championship gold because the guy's been, you know, uh, wrestling for the last three or four years in Japan and now he's a lot in the Indies and New Japan is strong, um, you know. Um, so maybe they'll win it, but I, I think I see the the Good Brothers retaining. But if the Good Brothers retain it, then you need to bring in the Good Brothers. So it could be some type. I mean, not the Good Brothers, the the Gorillas of Destiny into Impact. So then it could be challenged, you know, have a good, a good, uh, probably uh, a tag team somewhere down the line for next year. But I mean, it, it doesn't look like Gorillas of Destiny are going to pop up, but I'm hoping they will. Prediction, predictions for that, then. I'm going to say Good Brothers. You say Good Brothers. Jack, see who you're going to go for in that one. Yeah, I'm going to do the same and go with Good Brothers. And Monty. 
I'm going to Bullet Club. Let's go, Leo. <laughs> uh, next match is the Digital Media Championship, a new title created by Impact. Oh, <laughs> man, I hate that name. <laughs> I hate that name. <laughs> and it will be defended on digital media. It's John Skyler, Crazy Steve, Falabar, Jordan Grace, Chelsea Green, and Madison Rain. Yes, it is intergender. Um, so, <laughs> Monty, why do you hate the name for? What the fuck is digital media? <laughs> exactly. That's the same that's shit good, I that's, That is literally the perfect re- I didn't even have to say anything. That is the perfect explanation. But I know what it is. That's the worst part because that's literally a department where I went to college. So when I went to college, it was a department for digital media. So I hate it just by the fact it reminds me of school. It's really that simple for me, but there you and go. I don't know if you've seen the picture of the title. The title reminds me of the fucking grand... Grand Slam title they had a couple of years ago. It's fucking looks horrible. I don't know. Yeah, if it's, that, it's ugly. I don't know. It's I don't know if it's, if it's gonna come out looking like that. But why? Why Impact is trying so hard, like doing some shit? Why? 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me, me, me and James argue about this because we when we do our review on Impact, I always have a complaint about something because I say Impact looks like they're gonna turn the corner and then they give you this fuck up. Uh, it's like you're going to a a nice dinner and then you see a pile of dog shit somewhere in the corner there goes my appetite and then I bought uh, introduced the 24-7 belt yeah Yeah, I'm glad I know I'm glad glad she brought that up because this is one thing I've been saying about impact Impact that's my guy Hall of Fame ticket by the way Archie getting in the Hall of Fame off that one belt uh, impact, impact, impact! Uh, don't want to let go of some of the stuff that WWE does because, again, do you really need this belt for what? So it's like a twenty-four-seven. So now you got just another belt. Yeah, you're gonna defend it on internet on the top, you know, on social media. I'm yeah. defending the media. internet. That is what I'm doing. Yeah. My my intention. Hold on, is this just Zach Ryder's old belt? Name something else. Just Zach Ryder's old belt. Name something well, else. He lost, yeah, he lost internet title. He, yeah, you know yeah, it. He lost the belt. He lost the belt. The internet champion. He lost the belt. So they have that. They still have that. Yeah, he's in GCW or something like that. Yeah. So then, what the hell do you need the digital media belt for? Right. So predictions, predictions for the digital media championship. Jack C, hey, who are you going to go for? My, You've got Skyler, Steve, uh, Grace, Green. You know what? I'm going to go with uh, Chelsea Green, considering like everything that she's been through. Yeah. Like, maybe they'll give that to her. Uh, oh, but one, what you're saying? Yeah, prediction. Oh, oh I, I think Madison Rain for the simple fact. I'm going to tell you what. Her and um, what's her friend though? The other one Dashwood, that hangs out with Dashwood. Dashwood, yeah. You know they do that thing with uh, the, the gimmick is you know they put social media stuff. So I will put it past them. They will give that belt to her. And finally, uh, well, Monty, what are you saying? Sound like a real oh, a good choice right there. I'm going to follow up by just because I like follow up by. I got nothing else for you. I'm going to go Jordan Grace <laughs> because, yeah, Grace. I love her too, by the way. She's pretty cool. Yeah, I know what I'm saying. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, I will say her. Up next, well, this has been quite a well tidy Violent by design. Eric Young going to go against Heath. And suffered a lot was out for and Rhino just impact contract as long as Rhino is in his corner. Rhino has not made a choice yet, so we do not know what's gonna happen. So it could be Heath in a handicap match. Uh Ultimate One, how do you think's going down here? There we go. I wanna give you the whole story right now in one nutshell. He's gonna go to a handicap match, Rhino's gonna come in, save the day, and they're gonna win. 
Excellent. Uh, Monty? (laughs) (laughs) Simple, right? To the point. I mean, because it's... Not for nothing, but the, you know they make it make it look so easy for you to see. Like I think they should have dragged it a little bit more, make it more suspense. You know, Rhino probably like don't know who to choose because he still want to be by violent by design, but he plays through his friend. You know, but they didn't even do that. They didn't even do that. So <laughs> he's he's oh. and Rhino for the- oh, since this is a pay per view. Since this is supposed to be a blow off, this is yeah. bound for glory. I'm gonna go with like what you just said. Heath's team is winning. I'll be surprised if they prevail uh, on this, but I don't know. <laughs> See what I'm talking about? Monty and Greenland, is it? Jaxie? Um, I'm going to go with the other team just to be different and see whether or not the outcome's any different. Nope. Uh, so the next match, uh, it will be <laughs> a triple threat for the vacant X Division Championship. It's going to be Trey Miguel versus Steve Macklin versus El Fantasmo. ELP. Um, ELP, why is ELP your guy for? Oh man, I'm biased. I'm 100% biased. I've, ELP is just one of the best in the world in general. Like, I've seen what he's doing and done in Japan. I've seen him in Rail Pro. El Fantasma was one of the best in the world. I, I mean, he's right up there with a Will Osprey in the ring, like in the ring. And then, as far as I, what I've gotten to see him do character wise, he's capable of anything. I love ELP. I'm biased. There. And, 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 biased. He's bullet, and he's Bullet Club. And of course, yes. Exactly. So who are you going for that, Monty? Are you going to go for your guy? Yes, ELP. I'm biased. Let's do it. Uh, Jackson, what are you saying for this one? I'm going to go with the same. I want to go with the Bullet Club member too. Well, listen, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, you're probably going to think I'm crazy. Even though I like ELP and I'm Bullet Club for life, I think Trey Miguel deserves that X-Division champion. And the reason I say that, he has been, uh, every time I see him wrestle, he has improved a lot. Um, and I think it's, it's time to win the X Division champion. So I'm going to go to Trey Miguel. I'm sorry, don't kill me. <laughs> uh, uh, to be honest. Well, I'm going to go for the third guy that we've not met, Macklin, because <laughs> Macklin is actually undefeated in Impact a few months ago, and he said his desire yeah. is to be X Division champion. Uh, so I'm going to think Macklin is a favourite in that one, but that would be. Uh, <laughs> and then we've got the tag team match for the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championship: Decay, Havoc, and Rosemary versus the Inspiration, Cassie Lee and Jesse McKay. Elmo, um, why do you hate the Iconics? They were the most things that we've had in WWE in ages. Are you, are you serious? Yeah, serious. Are why do you serious? hate them? Why do you hate them? They can't, they can't wrestle. They they can't wrestle. They gave them the belts. Uh, when when they uh, when they took first of all when they took the belts away from Sasha and Bailey to give it to these girls who have no wrestling skills, yo, I nearly lost it. Like what? And then already, like I told you before, when it comes to Impact, they're gonna probably get if if if, if Decay loses the belt to whatever their names are right now, y'all yeah, gonna lose it because they should not be getting a title shot at all. I'm sorry, but they're getting a title shot because they're coming from WWE. <laughs> you gotta be crazy. These women can't wrestle. No, I think the uh, Sean Spears White can wrestle pretty a uh, little bit as singles, but the other one sucks. Uh, sucks. It's been a it's been a while wife. since they've been in the ring. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I'm just Sean Spears' wife. Like I can't. Monty, right? say sorry. Go on. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, but when they gave them those belts, they never had like any time in the. I've read like they get like five minutes at a time when the matches were when they had a match, and 
Most of the time, they were championship they were using in promos. I understand that they were protecting them, but I'm saying I can't tell you if they can wrestle or not. They never got a shot. Jaxie, go on, Jaxie. Go and get him. Go on. Yeah, that was just more down to Vince McMahon's booking of women's wrestling in general. Like, let's not, like, bullcrap each other here, even when Bailey and Sasha had the titles. Exactly. Between five to seven minutes long. So, I mean, even now. Uh, yeah, still. Oh, it's even worse. We don't even have another team, I don't think, <laughs> right now. <laughs> to go. So it's even I worse now. I feel like uh, when it comes to wrestling content, I do think that um, both of them uh, have the potential uh, to, to be great wrestlers, but we've not had the chance to fully see that in a wrestling right. ring when it comes to WWE content. Okay. So I am really intrigued, oh. to be honest. They're the, one that they're the reason why I'm kind of intrigued to watch Bound for Glory and I never liked them before if you go back to like previous like really first recordings with uh, me and James like when they were around I hated them because of their characters were irritating and annoying and it took away from me really <laughs> them actual wrestle but it was after they you know kind of had kind of gone off the scene that I actually realized do you know what they were actually creating atmosphere to the point where it's actually missed off of content so i'm not saying that they should definitely win tonight but what i'm saying is i think they should be given a chance because i don't think that they were given much of one in wwe right i would i would say like i said with when they go to impact give them two or three months with the probably division that's around at the moment the tag team division actually cares and if you still don't like the way they're performing then yeah we might be able to see that but like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna do that i'm gonna do that i'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt of see how they wrestle and bow for glory. But if they do the same shit, you know I'm going to bitch about it. I am not going to hear the end of it. I know, no, I know. no, you definitely won't hear the end of it. But, but, but I don't think they should win the titles right away. Well, I think they... That's, that's my fear. That's my fear. I'm going to go with the inspiration to get the victory. Jackson... I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the K to retain, but if they do, if the if the inspiration do win, then it's a very Vince McMahon move to do. Just chuck chuck mm-hmm. Bell on the bigger status wrestler. Yeah, I agree. I agree with the same thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna K to K, but again, if they do <laughs> give them the belts, it's because it's it's because the Impact they put it on them because they came from WWE, and that's the problem why Impact does not grow because they're always looking behind their shoulder. Oh, let's see what WWE is doing. Oh, let's do it. Instead of, you know, creating their own stuff or whatever. If they, and even if, if um, they win by disqualification, I'm cool with that. You know what I'm saying? You know, because they came in and they knew, but they do something and they make the K kind of mess and they get disqualified. I'm cool with that. But them winning the belts? No, I'm not. I'm not. I won't be, I won't be happy with that. DK for the one. No offense to Christian, because I love Christian. But Christian is currently their world champion. So what makes you guys think they won't do an Vince McMahon-type decision? I'm going with the inspiration. This is definitely going to happen. The impact is going to impact, okay? I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's an excellent point. Up next, it is the Call Your Short Shots, even, gauntlet match. The winner achieves a trophy and a contract. They can vote any time within one year for a championship match of their choosing. We're going to have quite a few competitors, but only Rich Swan, Brian Myers, Moose, W. Morrissey, and Chris Saban have been announced. There's going to be another 15 be announced competitors. How is everybody seeing this one? Uh, Ultimate One, how do you think this is? Uh, and you know me and you have talked about Moose. 
of how they push him and then they stop his momentum and all that. I know Morrissey's involved in that. Am I correct? I'm a, yes. I, I think that's what I saw. I would like Moose to win it. The simple fact, this man, they, they shortchanged him for the last, I believe, the last six, eight months. Um, and, you know, especially when him, he went and wrestled Omega for the belt. And they they did it at the Daily Plays. And Joe Bugs got involved. And after since that, he he keeps losing singles matches because he lost to Ishii at the New Japan Strong Show, which was a great match. Don't get me wrong. But I would like most to win it because then he'll be right back in the title picture where he belongs. Uh, I don't want Morrissey for the simple fact because Morrissey, I mean, and I mean he lost to Eddie Edwards not long ago. But I, I, I'm going for Moose. That, that's what I'm, I'm pushing for Moose. Monty, who are you gonna go for? Uh, I'm, I'm really like, I'm sorry, my uh, prediction will be way less informed <laughs> than Ultimate ones. So I'm probably going to go with either uh, Rich Swan. I'm not sure if Sammy Callahan will be in there, but I like Sammy, so maybe. No, maybe. no Call- Call- Callahan's injured. He's out. So he's not there. Okay, cool. No. So Rich Swan is my – I got no explanation for why. Can I have, like, an N.A. on this one? Because I don't really know every single wrestler that's going to be in, in here, and I don't really know them just even by name. Ooh, it's Austin. God dang it. I don't watch um, uh, it as often, and I only know a couple by name. So um, I feel like I'm just going to stay neutral on this one. That's fair enough. <laughs> I'm going to go for a guy who's not even in the company that when he wins will piss everybody off because it's a WWE thing. To... I think the winner <laughs> will be Titan. Or as we used to oh, know, no, no. Braun Strowman. Strowman oh, yeah. is going to debut at some point. And I reckon Bound for Glory would be a Bro. perfect opportunity for him to win the title. Oh, you don't have the train noise no more. I'm going to need a, a bottle of alcohol. I mean, I really was going to like, you know, predict something along the lines of Braun Strowman. So if you did want to give me a choice, I would have probably said someone like that. But again, is it only because I, I heard that it through a rumor on Twitter today? So, I mean, if if I were to kind of go on this without knowing... Titan? That, I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know why they call them Titan, but... Yeah, that's what I don't get. Why do they don't get them? Titan? That sounds like some... Good know. job. Good job. You're okay. Titan. Well, it's better than W. Morrissey, I suppose. But, uh, right, the co-main <laughs> event of match that I'm probably looking else... Is impact well on the line. Deanna Pratso, James, be a crack in the bill for this. We've seen Pratso attack me in home. Promotions trying to fight each other, but which way will it go? Oh. Jaxi, Pratso versus Mickey James. What do you see happening? Yeah, see, so this is kind of the reason why I have been checking out impact. I had a lot more, like I said, once I heard uh, Mickey James had, uh, you know, sort of shown up, I was really intrigued to see what she would bring. Um, and yeah, this, this has just been non stop, full on. Violence. Diana Perazzo has been waking up and choosing violence every day. Um, she woke up and chose violence when she decided to go to Mickey's home, uh, inflict violence there, and I'm ready to see that violence just just get thrown into the ring. So I'm really looking forward to this. I'm re- I'm kind of hoping for like a a, a real feel good uh, story to come out of it with Mickey James winning on top, especially because of she you know she in- interrupted her own home. Any bitch walking into my house, I am taking out. 
you know? Oh. Um, serves it. <laughs> was Magnus at home? Magnus wasn't there? I don't no. know. I don't. No, no one cares about Magnus, <laughs> all right? No one cares about the oldest. They've not cared in about 10 years. They're not going to now. Yeah, now you know I'm an old fan. I call him Magnus. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Monty, what are you saying in this one? Uh, so, I I, I, um, I understand the sentiment, especially if she went full-fledged self-rollins slash Edge, because Edge was the first person. No, with Triple H went to somebody's house, too. It's a lot of, a lot of house about calls. Yeah, Austin's done it with Pilmer. Yeah, Pil- <laughs> Austin. And Pil- yeah, yeah, you know, a lot of that. And I, I just want to let you guys know, as someone who has had jobs uh, and all that, I, I never want to follow an employee home. Just want to let you guys know. Um, so, uh, um, so that's always interesting how wrestlers decide to solve their problems. But anyway, uh, Diana Perrazzo, uh, I really do not want her to lose her reign to, this is no offense to Mickey James. I think she could be a great champion. It'll make more, it'll make sense. Great end to the story. Wouldn't even be mad. It's just, she's been champion for so long. Part of me wanted them to put over like someone new to give that, 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 that's this great reign, like put over someone fresh for that spot. But I ain't mad at Mickey James win because it's been a decent enough story. So, but I'm going Perrazzo. I still prevail, but break another arm. Why not? Oh, but what were you saying? I got Peraza. You know that Peraza's my girl, and you know Peraza, <laughs> uh, Peraza. Uh, I mean, the Mickey James Peraza match is going to be great because Mickey James, even though she's up there in age, she could still go. Um, and I think the whole storyline here is they're making Deanna Peraza of uh, this this female wrestler who's taking out legends, uh, the current roster. Uh, I don't see Deanna Peraza losing this belt. Especially if uh, now that she has two belts, the AAA and the, the Impact. So uh, you know, I got Perazzo all day. I think she'll probably work a one body part like she always does, and she'll prevail. Yeah, I think Perazzo. I think this will be a career-defined victory for her. It'll be interesting what she does in 2022 as well, because you know you could argue maybe she's completed Impact, so to speak, and where to mm-hmm. go next as well. And then the main event. And this is a weird fact as well, because obviously it's Josh gave up his X Division Championship to challenge. But Christian may be the option C. Option C, exactly that on the one. But Christian may be the only man who has main evented a WWE pay per view, an AEW pay per view, (laughs) and now an Impact pay per view. And if you'd have said that a couple of years ago, I don't think anybody would have believed you. Right? Yeah. Yeah, That's true. Uh, That's true, yeah. (laughs) So it's Christian, Josh Alexander. Uh, Ultimate One, how do you see this going down on uh, Impact's biggest show of the? Uh, listen, that uh, that match is going to be um, I think it's going to be the bombs because you got a guy who's a veteran in the business and he could give you at his age he still could go. He has shown it. He showed it in AEW when he started uh, over there. He showed it in the last couple of uh, pay per view and the uh, matches that he has. But Josh Alexander right now, and I don't know if you guys agree with me, but Josh Alexander is the hottest wrestler right now as far as his winning percentages. He has been in there in, in four-way matches. He wrestled guys in, in New Japan. He wrestled, uh, I forgot who he just wrestled not long ago. But he, this guy has been unstoppable. And, you know, I, I'm sure it's going to be a great, ba- a great match. It's going to be a banger. Uh, if my view of it is if they don't give this belt to Josh Alexander, I don't know what Impact is planning to do with Christian because Josh Alexander is the future of the business right now and Impact 
And, I mean, I got Josh Alexander for the win. I mean, if they don't give that belt to that man, I don't know what the hell Impact is doing. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you there with Alexander being my pick as well. Uh, Monty, would you? I agree 100%. I've seen Josh Alexander in uh, New Japan Strong a couple of times. Uh, probably more than that. That's actually what I'm more. I'm actually more familiar with his run in Japan than I am Impact, based on just frequencies and like, like again, how much I watch. But I know, like everything, Ultimate is just on point. He is the a star of the future. He's unbelievable. He is the definition of a wrestler to the point that he still keeps the head thing on. I love it because I always wanted a wrestler to do it, do it, like keep it on the head, amateur style. I always wanted to see if that would that work, and it actually works for him. So, uh, but at the end of the day, when he gets in the ring, it's all about his work, and that's always been top notch. And I think, of course, Christian before he ever retired, I thought Christian was like one of the most underrated dudes in the ring ever. Like even when he was long hair, Christian, creepy little bastard, creepy bastard, Christian or whatever they were calling him back then, he was great even back then in his younger days, before his first impact run. But Christian is going to, you know, they're going to kill it in the ring because that's what Christian does if you just give him a chance to lay out a great match and give him time. So this is going to be fun. I th- I'm going with Alex. And Jaxie, finally, where do you think this is going to Yeah, I mean, I don't know much against uh, Christian's opponent, so this will be definitely a new experience for me to be watching him in the ring. I am really excited to be watching this match though because just like both of both of you guys have said, uh, Christian has been putting on some real great matches um, over the past year or so, um, and I th- I still think he's still got a lot to bring, um, and I think he could work well in this. Match. Um, I, I'm going to go with Christian just be, again. This is purely because I know him uh, better than his opponent, and um, you know I'll learn to sound corrected if. Uh, if they do let's give him this opportunity and thank him this Oh, without a doubt, Josh Alexander is the. Like I said, if we talk about the Japanese wrestlers earlier as well, for me, he's like a mixture of like Chris Benoit and a Kurt Angle. He's just got that uh, tenacity. He's just everything's on point as well, just so technically proficient. Like I said, it should be a great match. And the card overall, looking at it, should be quite entertaining. And I think the whole point of Impact, if it's bringing people that don't watch it week in, week out, to watch the pay per view, either it would be WWE stars they're signing or something else, can only be a good sign for Impact, can't it? Yeah. Exactly. Without a doubt. Trust me, a few years ago, I didn't think they would still be around. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like I said, Balfour, Old uh, and myself will be covering the action at Nate W and R podcast. God, the weather's it's almost like we're doing something for the Halloween special. Sure, but there's rain and everything. Like that. <laughs> I hope no other creepy sounds happen. A cackle, one hundred before there. So. <laughs> What we're going to talk about as the rain comes down is basically what scares you because in time, and I know what we're going to say, Vincent Man being in control of the entire wrestling world will scare us, but in all, <laughs> in all seriousness, you know, we want to talk about it. So, I mean, I got ultimate one, I want to start with you because you seem like a man that you're scared of nothing. But, I mean, what is it in those deepest dark nights of the lights are on now and the weather's on? What would scare you? He's still on. I, 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 think, I, I, I think he's so scared he's run away. I'm not. What scared him was the question. Yeah, I, think, <laughs> I hope he's not been taken in some kind of weird, fucked up game that we're playing now with Halloween. Um, 
It's really weird. Like, I'm gonna be, hello? Who's the clown? Um, all right, Monty, what scares the shit out of you, then? It's Halloween. Let us know your deepest, darkest. <sighs> Man, what scares, what scares the you-know-what out of me? Hmm. Well, uh, we're not keeping this in in the ter- in, in the realm of wrestling, right? We're, we're not. We're talking about that, or we're we talking about. Well, I say it. Let uh, me start me off. Just in life, yeah. It's just like, in life. yeah. yeah. Creepy crawlies. I can't stand the fact of creepy crawlies. Gotcha. Like, if if I'm laying there and you feel like the creepy crawlies all over, I just I couldn't. I couldn't. It's like we got. I'm a celebrity over here, which is, I guess like I'm a, uh, like surviving, and you have to kind of be surrounded by bugs and stuff and I just wouldn't do it. I'd tap out straight away. <laughs> okay, so uh man. So growing up it was uh uh growing up it was I think it was snakes. Uh I I live in Louisiana, it, it can get kinda humid, so snakes are and not even the most dangerous kind. It really don't matter what kind. It didn't matter. If it was a snake I was running. I think that's a reasonable fear, right? So yeah, that's that's, uh, that's fine. Yeah, it's <laughs> a reasonable I fear. I don't yeah. know anything so, too dark, you know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, snake part. I don't want to. I don't want to get bit by snake. That's all I got for you. <laughs> well, like I said, this is the thing. I don't know where Elba has gone here. I think he's been attacked, but I'm not sure. Uh, Jack, he's been the, captured. Jack, are you still there? What freaks you out then? Uh, um. I think in terms of just, if we're talking like real fear, I'd probably say like heights. It's more like the case of, I feel like I could handle them, but when I am actually up somewhere and then I look down, um, it's just like, that is when the fear kicks yeah. in. Um, yeah. I, just, I, I, can, I can handle myself and keep myself composed, say like on a Ferris wheel or something like that. So it's not like like that, but it's like, you know, if you're going up on the fucking Eiffel Tower, I I can start to feel that that difference in the air, um, and I can already, yeah. you know, uh, panicky thinking about how far up I am. Yeah, do you know what? That's actually. Fair. I'm surprised no one said clowns or anything like that. Because I know clowns kind of free people, you know. Like... I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Hey. There were no clowns. There were no clowns. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> no, let you know. There were no clowns. <laughs> Where I live. Oh. <laughs> <So>, we're <laughs> talking about talking about oh but we're talking about things that have scared you or freak you out a little. Uh what would be what would get to you like I said, I know you're a big tough big tough guy, but what kind of thing Well one, yes, clowns. I don't like clowns. Um, um <laughs> yeah. I, clowns. I remember I went to I went about I think it was about say about eighteen, seventeen years ago. I went to this area where they had like a cornfield maze, and you know you go to these places. I don't know, Monty. You, oh yeah, you know, yeah. they got scared. Exactly, exactly. You, you get they have to. It's dark, and they put you in a horse carriage, and you walk, and they take you to this maze, and that people come out. Yeah. Um, they, I know I went through a maze, and I only had a glow stick, and everything was dark, and there were little clowns <laughs> popping out everywhere. Yeah, I was like, oh my god. I say, I, I, yeah, I, I got scared. I, I really got scared. <laughs> I, like, I don't like clowns. I don't like clowns. I don't like Ronald McDonald. I don't like no clowns at all. <laughs> Just imagine you at McDonald's punching Ronald McDonald's as, as you can. No, no, I don't. I don't like clowns. My daughter don't like clowns. I don't like clowns. I don't like clowns at all. I gotta send you the movie It. Okay. Oh hell no! I don't watch. Listen, somebody offered me that, and I'm like, no, I'm not watching that. 
I'll be the wrong person to be acting talking about. Let's watch it. I went to the cinema to see both. Does anybody, what? Do we all watch horror movies? Because I don't really watch horror films. Not because it kind of scares me, but just kind of like, what's the point to put yourself through it? It's like watching wrestling I you don't you. like. You know, what's the point? <laughs> I, I, I don't watch no horror movies. I don't like horror movies. I I, I'm a huge, huge fan of horror movies. I love going to the cinema to watch them. So my sister and I, my twin sister and I, for our birthday two years ago, um, The Nun came out in the cinema. So we decided to go and watch that in the cinema. And it was just us two and one other guy that was in the, in the showing for that, that showing. And um, every time something scary happened, you know, it's it just... And my sister and I would look around, and the guy would be in a different seat every single time. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) We had a bit to drink at this point as well, so we were definitely just like shitting ourselves. So after time to go, we actually ran to the guy and said, "Why were you moving into different seats every time there was a scary moment?" And he was like, "Because I was sat there watching it by myself, and every time I got scared, I would get up and move to a different seat." <laughs> <laughs> I know, I, I know, I know. One movie that I saw when I was a child, and it was called Gates of Hell. That's the only movie that I think I actually walked out of the movie theater because that's how scared it was. Because they, uh, I don't remember what was the story of the whole thing. I know someone was throwing up the their lungs, their heart, out of their mind. I'm like, no, I can't watch <laughs> I had to walk out of the damn theater. I'm like, I can't watch this shit. I'm like, no, I can't. And that, ever since that, I've I seen Children of the Corn, like, back then. Maybe some um, Saw movie, one, two, three, or four, I watched it. But I, I'm not a big fan of horror movies. I'm like, no, it's too much blood for me. I, I guess I think My grandmother loved uh, It's more like, you know, uh, for horror movies, uh, I get a real adrenaline rush when I'm scared, and I really like that feeling. And it's and it's very rare for a horror movie to genuinely get me scared. So so I look for that yeah. chance. You know what gets me scared? Watching Raw on Monday. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a horror. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre got me, and as I got older, I realized how irrational to be afraid of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It wasn't because it wasn't legit scary and messed up stuff. I was afraid of it because I was a kid when uh, when I first got caught wind of this. And I was, like, learning geography. So I knew Louisiana is right next to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so in my thought process, and by the way, I, 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 I go, we, like, literally, I live in the area of Louisiana where Texas, you drive west 20, 30 minutes, you're in Texas. So it's like, that's that's how it's going so it's like exactly. I'm thinking irrationally, not understanding that this is based on this. Not that part, that the ver- the family that you see in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre are, n- are not real, but they used to always get me with this line based on a true story. Oh, get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was terrified of that chainsaw man. I don't. It's a bit yeah, like sorry. an American werewolf in London. I was like, that's a bit too fucking close. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. What about artificial intelligence? What do you guys think about that? Like, I mean, are you all for it? Do you think that robots are going to one day take but over? This is the thing of do Android of electric sheep. <laughs> and the fact is, if you put a consciousness inside of it, isn't that human life? And I think it's going to get too deep into it, but I, I really oh interested my in that God. Kind of thing. Oh, no, Here we'll we go. go. 
robot stuff is taking over the world anyway. I'm so, tearing that shit up. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, they, they, you know, it's like they, they, I mean, soon enough, we won't, money won't be paper anymore. Everything's going to be computerized. Oh, uh, man. Cash, cash apps. Y'all going to put the chip in y'all head? No. We probably, I know, it's not really there. How do you know oh. it's not there? You know what I mean? Good Last hospital visit. Last time you did put it in I, your head. I'm not, am I the only one who's creep, who's creeped out when they're around someone in their in someone's house who has an Alexa or something like that? But mm. I don't. I don't need. I don't like things talking to me that I didn't know were they're listening. Oh, you know. You know. It's funny. It's funny. I got. I have an Apple Watch, and this time I'm in a conversation, and Siri pops out through my yes. Uh, Apple oh my I, god. Oh, I didn't find it. I said, like, "What the hell did you didn't find? Like what? I wasn't what? talking to you, Siri." <laughs> But you to show you, yeah, the electors and all that is our listening. lives are in danger. So we'll leave everybody with that at this moment in time. We'll move on because I was trying to think <laughs> of the most scariest thing. And of course, as the Ultimate War and SmackDown with Crown as well. So now it is time for WWE. We're going to start October 15th with a super-sized SmackDown, which Edge started. And he admitted that Rollins is not Edge Light, he's his own man. He's Seth Frickin' Rollins. And he said he could have gone to Rollins' home and accounted to do that. He's going to put Rollins under his again. Edge looked really scary. Talk about scary man. He was very, very intense in that one. Then we get King of the Ring tournament semi-final. Finn Balor versus Sami Zayn. Uh, Zayn was in control, but Balor fought back, fired up, and ultimately DeGraff for the pinfall. This was a great match between two pros. And after weeks of chasing a match on WWE television, Naomi returned to the square circle for an advertised match with official Sonya Deville. Instead, Deville appeared and revealed it would be a handicap match against her and Baszler. <sighs> Uh, Naomi chased the so fill out the ring and fought an attack by Baszler only to fall prey to a running knee to the back Baszler held Naomi insulted her verbally and physically Baszler put to sleep moments later with a clutch or arrogantly pinned for the win Jaxie what are your thoughts because last time you had a very opinion on the storyline how do you think oh. where this went Again, still the same. I, I again, I don't, I don't mean to like throw race out there as an issue all the time, right? But I cannot help but feel like I've just got some real issues with the way that they're handling this feud between Naomi and uh, uh, Sonia. I don't know whether or not it is meant to be eventually leading to Sonia fully coming back to the ring. Um, however, I just think that they're going about it all wrong. Um, compared, I just think that the amount of disrespect that Naomi is being shown is kind of there's there's no justification for it. I don't see no endpoint. And if that was the case, then she would have been inserted into the Queen's Crown and at least won that and been like there in your face, Sonia. You know this, that, and the other. She, I don't know what their big plan is between this, but everything about it, I just like from Shayna kind of moving to a different uh, uh, roster. And me hoping that she was going to get that beast mode run that I mean, we were all expecting when she first debuted in, on the main roster and we didn't get it. Um, and now she's like someone else's lackey. Um, to just Sonia and her outright distreatment of her, um, I just can't help but just uh, have bad vibes come from this feud. Um, I either want it over and done with or I want Sonia back in the ring for legit good and actually have a decent match with Naomi. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I mean, Monty, anything you want to add to that or I think Jaxie's Yeah, I, what I have overall, I just don't ever, I will never understand the purpose of a storyline. And th- Think about it this way. 
their roster, especially in the women's division, as far as credible people, that people that are champions, people that are credible, they're thin in the women's division anyway on credible contenders and people that you, you – why would you ever what, – what, what's the point of doing a storyline where you keep one of your credible contenders, one of your one of the best on your roster from wrestling? Like, what's the point? <laughs> like, literally, I thought that's their job to wrestle. And, like, she's obvious. And then, like, the abuse of power. How come no one has done anything – Exactly. Other, other than sitting there and just let her abuse her power. Since when did she get Stephanie McMahon levels of stroke? It's like she okay. she hasn't been doing it that long. So it just it don't make a sense on a lot of levels to me. And I hate the fact that Shayna Baszler uh, was limited to just being like a, a, a mercenary now. Like really, yeah. Shayna yeah. Shayna is not a mercenary. She, yeah. she hurts people, but she should never just be hurting someone. Because someone else asked her to do it or whatever. Now, if you, if you told me Sonya promised a SmackDown Women's Title match at some point, then sure, that would at least make it make it seem like Shayna has a reason to do this, other than, oh, I just want to hurt somebody today, like whatever. Yeah. Like it's, it's it, it don't it don't make no sense on a lot of levels. It just basically makes Shayna look like she's she's just always there to take orders rather rather than be the one giving the orders out. Do you know what I mean? It's like. I don't really it's the get the complete it. opposite of what she was, and it's complete opposite. It's, and even when she first debuted in the main roster, look how beast-like they had booked her, especially when it came to the Elimination Chamber. And it feels like all they're doing is just completely undoing all of that goodness that we did originally have when Shayna first debuted. And yeah, again, with the whole Naomi thing, I just think that it's ridiculous, as you said, to have someone as a veteran of that, and she's in sort of more more of a, a top-tier uh feud with the likes of Bianca, Sasha, Becky, Charlotte, that those and instead she's fighting authority just to get a fucking match. Like the, the funny thing the, yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is that uh, when I saw that Naomi went to SmackDown, I thought they were gonna put over Roman Reigns and be part of the bloodline. But that was the that was the thing At going least. around. Yeah, that was the thing that was going around the social media that they're gonna put on the bloodline. But you know, I mean, I didn't even ask Paul Heyman if she's part of the bloodline. He said maybe she is, maybe she's not. But apparently she's not because you got her feuding with Sonya Deville. Where that's another thing that didn't make sense to me. All of a sudden, oh my god, Sonya Deville left and then came back and they just added her to the authority, which I didn't make. It. Yeah, and you know what? Like that being said, like why is it that we've got you know Roman Reigns from the bloodline talking about? I just about... And respect that. Where the fuck is the respect? For one of the Uso's wives. Where is that respect? Right. The bloodline, and why were they not coming out questioning Sonya on why they are doing two on one to the wife of one of the tag team champions? Like, honestly, if you're gonna actually go ahead and do this bloodline feud, actually insert the wife into the fucking picture. Mm. Okay. Roman himself roughed up Pierce. Nothing happened. Roman beat down Adam <laughs> Pierce earlier this year and nothing happened. Brock Lesnar got suspended for what he just did, but Roman Reigns literally just did this to Adam Pierce. Nothing happened. But if we supposed to believe Naomi can't just haul off and beat down Sonya because yeah, she don't have but, the stroke. Like she's in the bloodline and she don't have the stroke. It don't make sense. It but also, sense. even not in the bloodline, as you know, Monty, Blair Davenport UK going around <laughs> fucking up officials. Exactly. Yes. So it's, beat it's up exactly. the actual general manager or whatever. Beat him. Actually slammed him. 
and got what she wanted out of it. Like, uh, but, it, it don't make no sense. But this is why I, I, I get mad with WWE because they try to undermine the fans and they, you know, and the intelligence because it doesn't make no sense. You know, like what I saw with SmackDown where uh, Brock Lesnar gets suspended, but, you know, like you said, Roman Ray beat up uh, whatever Adam Pierce and he didn't get suspended. So they, 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 they play a lot with people's mind, uh, minds, uh, I call it. Yeah. They, they, yeah, yeah, like you know, they 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 play the people's um, mind and think they're doing the logical thing, and they're not. It doesn't make no sense. I don't understand why Sonya Deville has become an authority figure. Since why you gotta have a, if you're doing a story, why are you doing that story? There's a why, and if you don't have a why, that's why storyline you you do it one time and then it come, then you don't want to deal with it and then you skip something else. And this is why. This is why WWE, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. Well, like I said, we'll, we'll move on from that, but excellent points all round, I think. Uh, Seth Rollins did a bit of rebuttal to Edge, saying he's been in a cell, and fr- uh, out of the three guys he's facing in a cell, only one is left. And, and then we Zelina Vega and Carl Melligan, and Vega promised she wouldn't hit the face crown. Uh, but she did. Uh, Vega went sick, but Morgan was there to cause a distraction who grabbed Carmella's mask for Vega to pick up the win. Uh, then we had shit happy talk led to Usos versus the Prophets in a street fight. Oh, um, Jesus. But no, like I said, we've got shit happy talk, but then we had Street Prophets and Usos, and this was incredible. Montez Ford is one of these guys that imp- more and more to dive over the top and landing on his feet, hitting a frog splash and managed to shift his body in midair as well. Unfortunately, he did get put through a table at ringside for his problems, and an ugly roll-up by Dawkins gave way to a double suplex from the Usos, who delivered consecutive splashes on route to Cecil title defence. But these two teams could go all day, Jackson, couldn't they? The profits. Yeah, I mean, every time you see uh, Montez Ford, you just think to yourself, like, does he actually live on the ground? Because, like, he's literally got so much more comfortable in the air. Um, again, another great bout between both teams. Um, they really know how to get a crowd worked up as well, so it's always just exciting and fun to watch both of them just get that news. Yeah, without a doubt. Up next, we got Banks versus Lynch and Big Time Beck and the Boss squared off in a legitimate pay-per-view quality main event. The action spilled from the floor just in front of Bianca Belair, who was watching on. Lynch delivered a leg drop. Back, Banks answered with a bank statement and back inside out of the folder up. The later count and reversals gave way to Blair assisting Banks into living the backstabber for the pinfall victory. Uh, two of the best ever there. What matches was Monty? What were your thoughts? I thought it was good. I, 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 unfortunately, I'm almost just expecting it, you know, uh, from these two. But it was it was really good stuff, you know. And uh, you know, but and what do you? I, I really honestly don't know what else to tell you other than. Uh, it was a great, solid television match, and uh, it was uh, entertaining to watch. And it's something that you would want to see more of consistent, uh, you know, uh, on SmackDown. Right. Uh, then the main event segment with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar wasting little time. Uh, they basically looked like getting the ring. And when we see Reigns had special counsel, Paul Heyman, read over the contract. Uh, Brock just signed it, and Reigns mocked it, an idiot. And Lesnar said, already read the damn contract earliest with my advocate. Uh, calling to questions, Heyman and Reigns looking at Heyman's going to go. This was subtle, really nicely done. Armand, what were your thoughts on this before the big match at Crown Jewel? Hello? What were your thoughts on Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, their contract signing? Um, I mean, it, it, I like what they did at the end because they, they left a cliffhanger as far as because Brock was like, 
uh, you know, oh, I read the contract, uh, you know, this morning, which was perfect because now it leads to them wrestling in Crown Jewel. Now you don't know who Paul Heyman is really, uh, you know, does he got Roman Reigns back or he's playing Roman Reigns. So I like I like the, the way they did it. I mean, I like the way the story is going. I just didn't like the way it was too quick. It was like five minutes. I think they could have did it a little longer, a little more, you know, uh, you know, uh, like like you know, making more of a bigger cliffhanger than what it was, um, you know. But other than that, I mean, it's it just pretty much sets up set up the match between them two. Um, but the only thing that I like the whole interesting part of this was because of Paul Heyman, that his uh, alliance with Brock Lesnar has been like over twenty years now with Roman Reigns. So, you know, I wanted to see if there's gonna be a, a turn where a betrayal. Or not, and that was my main focus on the whole Crown Jewel or match. Yeah, without a doubt, good stuff from SmackDown. We move on to Raw, really quick results. October eighteenth, we get a boring Charlotte promo to start. Charlotte boring promo to start is equal to the Triple H boring opening fifteen years ago yeah. for Raw. Uh, Bel Air thank- thankfully interrupted, and there's a drinking game every time Charlotte takes a match, or just before like that. Take it. Uh, the first match of the night was a semi-finals bout in the King of the Ring tournament between Woods and Mahal. Uh, Kingston, Veer and Shanky were all at ringside. Woods hit a big elbow to win. This was a good match. We want Woods so bad. Uh, this is going to be unbelievable stuff. And then Austin Theory versus Jeff Hardy. This is okay. Theory picks up the big win. I was going to ask you, Monty, because obviously we do together. What do you think of Austin Theory at this moment in time and his chances working on Raw? Uh, I honestly believe he actually has a bright future depending on where they go uh, with who he's uh, feuding with and how they present him going forward. You know, I think he has the potential to be uh, everything that they want. He had like the look. Come on, you can't tell me you look at Austin Theory and don't see a WWE guy. He just has he has it written all over him. And I, I love what he was doing with the way this character he's portraying now is completely different than that lovable idiot that we got to know in the way. Uh, but uh, I, I don't mind what he's doing so far. I just, I, like I always say with new debuts when it comes to NXT, no matter when it will, when it is, for a long time now, I always got to just hold my, just wait, just wait a minute, just give it time, and you got to see what is this going to go more like Damian Priest or will it go more like, you know, other failures of the pack? But, and and uh, I want to give my thoughts. Austin Theory. When I first saw Austin Theory back in 2019, and he was the Evolved champion. I remember that WWE gave that Evolved show just to go combat Fight for the Fall in that year. And when I saw Austin Theory the first time, at that time he was 21 years old. So the guy is still young. Uh, I said to myself, that guy is going to be the future world champion in WWE someday. They brought him up from NXT when they, they picked him up. And they aligned them with Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins when they were doing the whole Messiah thing. After that, Theory got punished because that whole uh, um, movement with the ladies that, you know, all these wrestlers got caught sexually harassing women or doing all the crazy stuff. After that, WWE kind of punished them. And they sent them back to NXT. And he was pretty much lost in there. This guy, also Theory, if you ever see his involved matches, this guy is the truth. He's still young. He's probably what? 23, 22, something. I, 20, I think 24. But 24 now. Yeah. He did yeah. find his way in NXT. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, <laughs> no, but, I, I, but what I'm saying is, but they brought him up. He was in NXT. Then they brought him up and teamed him up with Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins when they were feuding with the Mysterios. 
But then after that, that whole you know me movement, whatever it was, with the ladies, that he got in trouble for some bullcrap he did years ago, and they kind of punished him. Now they're trying to bring him back, but this guy is talented. I just hope that WWE don't you know keep this guy in the catering, whatever they keep all yeah. these guys at. And <laughs> he needs to be pushed, just like the what Ricochet. Ricochet was one of my favorite wrestlers when he was in Japan. Oh, Lord. Don't get me started. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Haven't, we haven't got time with Ricochet, but like you said, let's hope they don't Ricky Starks him, you know? I think that's the best yeah. roster theory. Yeah, um, yeah. On Raw, though, we got Big E and Big D and Monty. That is, uh, this oh. was the same as two weeks ago. So instead of a review of the match, this is a fun fact, Drew McIntyre beats the championship. Uh, Mansoor beat Alexander. After the match, still disappointed. Um, Goldberg and sat like that. Wasn't offensive, I suppose. RK Bro versus the Street Profits. Orton and Ford both came in. A legend killer hit straight up. Power slam and DDT. AJ Styles and almost came out and caused disqualification to end the match. This was a fun match till the finish. You don't see many DQ in WWE. I'm joking, of course. The semi-final well, match for the... I'm joking, you. I'm joking. Chill out, everybody. The semi-final match for the Quick Crowns <laughs> tournament saw Dewdrop battle Baszler to fight Zelina Vega. Uh, Baszler put back in the queue through the clutch after a long struggle, but Dewdrop rolled back in to get the pin and the upset. Jackson, what do you think of Dewdrop surprising Vega... Uh, not sorry, surprising Vega, surprising Baszler to beat Vega in the final. I mean, it's just laughable, really. Uh, it's and and it's not even the fact that I don't think Dewdrop can can cannot hold a match against Shayna because I think that she is a, a underrated wrestler. Again, just kind of um, given that curse uh, to WWE, just you know, with the with the ch- name change and everything like that. However, the match itself wasn't good. It wasn't a good match. Um, it was just as bad as the, the match uh, beforehand with Lena Vega and Carmella that only went a couple of minutes and was like done by a distraction by Liv Morgan just holding her goddamn fucking mask. It's, it's kind of like the same. I've not been excited by this Queen's Crown tournament. And that is because ultimately, if you put all the matches together, it wouldn't even go half an hour. So at this point for me, it was just yeah. that. Yeah, and this is what's funny, Ultimate One. You think you're the one that's got the kind of biggest problem with certain things, and Jaxie's like, do you know what? Hold my beer. No, this, this, this is her. <laughs> they, they make these girls look bad, because Shayna Baszler, when she was at NXT, she was a beast. Uh, Dewdrop, yeah. NXT UK, I saw some of her work over there, and she's pretty good. I don't know what WWE's doing with these ladies. It's just, it's just an embarrassment. Well, up... Go on, Jack. Sorry. It is embarrassing, it, and it's embarrassing because it, it it then leads to things like people claiming certain wrestlers can't wrestle, and that is because they've been told you've got two minutes in the match, just go out there, do your thing, and come back out. And it's like it's not really fair given how long male matches run compared to female matches. No, well, up next we got Finn Balor versus Mace who T-Bar was not there for some reason. Uh, Woods watched as uh, Balor got the win with a coup de grace. I did like the Woods and Balor face-off. The main event of the night was a Raw Women's title match between Charlotte and Belair. Uh, competitive exchange. Belair hit a German suplex to turn Charlotte inside out. The chair got herself disqualified, uh, but Belair took it from her and hit her to get to the last word. The show ended with Belair standing tall. Um, I mean, Blair get better every week. I love the aggression. Charlotte, as always. But this was a cheap finish. Um, but I will say this, and I know the Queen's Crown tournament wasn't featured a lot, but the women have main evented Raw 
you know, this is two weeks in a row now. And this main event segment went in five minutes. And I know the Queen's Crown <coughs> tournament is not. But the women do get treated as main event talent in WWE. That maybe they might not in other organisations. Again, devil's advocate. Jaxie? Corrected. I do stand corrected with you, actually, uh, saying that. So that being said, uh, you are right. But what what I merely more mean is if you're not... If you've not got a title or you're not in the title yeah. picture, you're not considered to have a decent enough match mm-hmm. more than two, three minutes. And that's not fair because that's not how you build your women to become upcoming contenders for those title matches. They need to be consistent, you know? Yeah. No, I completely agree with you there. So let's start with Crown Jewel and 21st of October. The kickoff feature Caleb Braxton, Pete Rosenberg and some other dude running down the matches from his studio right into the kickoff match, which is the Usos versus the Hurt Business. The Hurt Business worked on Jay. You've got the hot tag and Wanda. So Verfence and Benjamin Alexander got the upper hand again from Jay to keep the match alive. The Usos quickly made a comeback and Jay scored the win. Splash to Alexander. So Alma one, you said you enjoyed the kickoff. What were your thoughts? That, this this match was good. And like I said, they didn't, they didn't uh, advertise it. Uh, so it was probably maybe the, the day before or whatever. But the match, I mean, as far as storyline-wise, I mean, that was not much of a story. But, again, the uh, the match was good because there was two teams here giving them an all. They gave an opportunity to the herb business, who they broke up a couple of months ago, and then they brought them back after these two guys feuded. But, you know, it was, it was a match that I think that, that both teams had a nice chemistry going. Uh, I mean, and the crowd was with uh, the Usos. You know, they were, they were the popular ones there. But it was a good match. I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I mean, most of the kickoff shows are freaking boring half of the time. But this was decent. I, I, and I said to myself, why they can't do this for every match? You know, because now you had that, but now you the, whoever comes after that got to top it. And, of course, they topped it uh, for in the beginning. But um, but this match was decent. I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought I wasn't going to get bored, but it was it was decent. What would you score out of five, then? I'll give it a three and three quarters. Three quarters, excellent. Jackson, what are you going to score out of five? Yeah, I think I'd give it like three and a half. I thought it was pretty decent. Um, I Again, I don't understand why um, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin um, aren't actually pushed more as a tag team in general anyway. It was a genuinely good tag team match. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, Monty. Uh, I'd give it a three and a half also. Uh, but I also want to say that this is, this was a very classic warm up the crowd type of match and I thought it was perfectly placed even though I don't really care for kickoff shows uh, but you know you warm up the crowd get them ready especially for what I know what was to come at the beginning of the show the actual show this was a great they did a great job of getting everyone ready and uh, I think that the, the crazy thing is I think both of these teams are capable of more so yeah, I don't I know agree, if we're ever getting to see that. more with the Hurt Business but I think they, they're capable of more Yeah, I, I agree with that I agree with that yeah, I'm going to give that three and a half as well. Nice little kick on the main show. Start an opening promo and a shitload of fireworks starts in a Hell in a Cell match. Edge versus Rollins. And as soon as the bell rang, Edge forced Rollins to the corner and started unloading it. A boot to the face, three punches, but the veteran popped up again and dropped on the top rope control. The rated R superstar sent him into the side of the cell like a missile, then hit an execution of the ring. He snapped off on the supports and tried to use it on his rival. But the side tried to take it to the opponent's side with but sad it for sling blade. What is it with Rollins going for the eyes in matches, eh? But as uh, Edge tried to lock his rival in a hold, Rollins hit him in the eye with a piece of chair that broke earlier. 
Edge then shoved Rollins off the top rope, and he crashed through a table after hitting the side of the cell. I mean, you all got to agree. What a bump that was from Rollins, yeah? Yeah, that was sick. Yeah. That it, was it, beautiful. It was, yeah. it was beautiful um, to see. I definitely uh, rewatched that match and then was, like, looking out of that. Yeah, I think we're out there. Well, Edge brought the steel stairs in the ring and hit the Edge-O-Matic on top of them. He then uh, hit him with a ladder from the middle rope. I honestly thought Rollins was going to block it, but nope, straight to the face. And the Messiah hit a super kick and a pedigree. Edge hit a buckle bomb followed by a spear. He grabbed the ladder and, like I said, rammed it into Rollins' face. The architect set up a table. And here an Edge ends on the top of the ladder. Rollins hit a sunset flip powerbomb to put Edge through, but still couldn't keep him down. This was another great-looking bump. He then tied a chain around his foot to hit a super kick for setting up a super stomp into the chair. Edge countered that and hit Rollins below the belt with the chair. The only opportunity is to grab the chain and a wrench to lock at the crossface, but he realised the hole. He released the hole before Rollins could tap. Edge then put his opponent on top of the chair and hit his own stomp for the win. So, Jaxie, what did you make of that incredible opening? I mean, exactly as you said, what an incredible way to open up a match. And you and you just think to yourself as well, um, you know, not to expect much from uh, this pay-per-view. Um, and you're pleasantly surprised when you have the, the, the calibre of match that these two just had. They've got such great chemistry in the ring. There were some great spots, just like you pointed out. And um, I just loved every bit of it. I thought it was great. What would you score that at five? I'd give it like a 4.75. Oh, uh, well, one, what do you think of the opener? The, the match was pretty good. I, I, I mean, it lived up to the hype. I mean, it was a back and forth situation. I'm glad that they, they didn't do what they did a couple of years ago. They tried to stop the damn match because there was weapons involved in it. Uh, that bump that um, Rollins took it was pretty good, um, and, and it told it told a good good story because you know that I think that was the third time they wrestled, and you know you know Edge at that age that he is, he still could, could you know uh, perform at the highest level. Seth Rollins, of course, you know he I always liked his uh, his work from the days of Shield. It was a pretty good match. I, I'll give it a four seven point. It's, it could be a match of the year candidate. You know, I mean, I, I know a lot of people online were comparing it to Omega versus uh, Danielson. I, I pretty much didn't agree with it, but it's in that level. So I, I believe if they win match of the year, I won't be disappointed because they, they deliver that. But for them to start a pay-per-view with that match, I mean, I, I was surprised. I'm like, okay, you put this match now, what's going to top this? Yeah. You know, um, and I don't think anything else top it, but... Monty, what do you reckon? Uh, you know, yeah, I think four and a half to four, four point seven five. I can't argue with those ratings. That's about a, right around the range where you give it. You know, as close close to perfect as you can get. Almost, uh, I thought it was a very fitting end to their rivalry. You know, uh, you take everything, all the heat that they built up. You know, with this feud coming. You know, it, with self showing up at the house and all of that type of stuff, and the viciousness that Edge showcased in this match. Uh, was perfect and Edge just Edge hasn't really missed honestly since he returned. You know, I, I've been genuinely enjoyed everything he's done. So uh, you know, whether you like WWE or you don't keep up with it all the time, I recommend that everyone check out all three of those Seth Rollins and Edge matches if you haven't, because they all were good for different. Just another greater. This is a great end finish to that that book. You know. Yeah, like I said, the crowd was great. The near full. I mean, the trilogy had three five. The trilogies 
that can actually do that with different that makes it even more special and like i said edge selling was on a different level and with this return the greatest of all time it's not saying he wasn't before but now people realize i mean what a match i'm gonna give it five out of five this was um but uh, predictions uh myself and monty and uh we both went went edge so it's one all show as well um we move on to mansour versus ali and for the first time ever two muslim superstars worked a single match at a WWE pay-per-view in front of his hometown crowd as well. And they clearly had his back. The local hero hit a drop kick through the ropes, but Ali tripped from the apron right after it. He spiked Mansoor with a Tornado DDT, but a young superstar caught a kick from Ali and started building a head of steam. Ali almost hit the 450, but Mansoor moved and set him into the corner with a belly-to-belly suplex. He hit a beautiful monsault, but Ali countered the pin into his mission. Mansoor avoided a net breaker for the win. Afterwards, though, Ali attacked him, uh, but he was interrupted by a masked man in a martial arts shoot. It proved to be Tariq Hamidi, an Olympic silver medalist in karate from Saudi Arabia. He kicked Ali in the head and helped Mansoor feet. I thought it might have been Taz at that moment in time. Uh, but, Monty, <laughs> we'll talk about the match first. What did you think of the match full of nonsense afterwards? Um, yeah, uh, I thought this was decent. You know, it wasn't bad. You know, maybe I probably thought it could have been... Uh, a little bit better, but honestly, it's you could with the the, the way the crowd sound, sounded, you could just tell this was just the ultimate fan service for the people there in, in Saudi Arabia for the probably for Mansoor's loved ones. So I just thought this was a feel good moment overall. I don't really even know how to rate it because it's just even though the mat the work rate I probably say was like three to three and a half or like kind of of a match, like that's the, that's the rating I would give it. But uh, at the end of the day, I thought. The moment itself and, like, the martial arts uh, medalist coming in at the end, this was just very good fan service for the people there in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, like I said, but what the fuck was that? Talk about walk quicker. <laughs> like, come on, mate. Come on, get to the ring. Like, so long. I was like, is he actually just thinking he's a, a full-on WWE student? <laughs> <laughs> Randy Orton doesn't walk to the ring. Like... Just come on, I mean, get in. To like go to his car and get just drive away at this point. Like, he had enough time to be able. To... <laughs> yeah, my, 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 my he was basking. On. Let him bask. <laughs> I mean, this is again WWE promoting somebody else who probably never wrestled in their life in a wrestling ring, and now they had the chance, the opportunity to bring this guy out. I was like saying to my, let's see, are you going to match yourself by the? But uh, front stage over there, or are you going to go in the ring? He took forever to get in the ring. And then when they mentioned that, I mean, I never know who this guy is. And he looked like he had a patch on his eye, like he had gotten cut or whatever. And I'm like, typical WWE pushing another guy who they probably going to bring as a wrestler. And, you know, you know, I, I wasn't excited about it. The match between um, them two, uh, Ali and Mansoor, I mean, you expect Mansoor to win. But, you know, it was just a regular match. It, it didn't even really... I'll probably give it a, what, a three and a quarter? Jack C? I mean, I mean, for me, my main issue that came out of it is that I genuinely think that Ollie is a great wrestler and I think that he basically was just sort of made to put over um, uh, Monster, um, in which I didn't think it needed to be. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to give it a three. 
Yeah, I'm going to give it three and a quarter as well. And Mustafa Ali donated all his money for this event to charity. So if anybody deserves a medal, it is him, not the other fucker. He's uh, a great person, bro. <laughs> <laughs> a great person. Uh, Prediction-wise, we both went Mansoor at this moment in time. And then we get our... Uh, well, then we get Titus handing out pink belts. I remember when he wrestled, but again, I'm just glad he didn't fall under. And I was saying, like, you got to be careful. Uh, we then get oh. RK Bro versus AJ Styles and the titles. Riddle rode a camel to promo. I'm trying to work out what bro and camel, and I just can't work it. But that's the joke there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, as we get to the match, the phenomenal Riddle open the contest. Styles got the upper hand at first, but the original bro quickly turned things around with some kicks. To the chest, he brought in Orton to hit a double team. He almost hit the RKO, but had to settle for a kick to the gut. Almost a riddle tagged in, and the bro ran right into the big man. As though he was a brick wall, we tagged out to the Viper. Nobus invited him to take his best shot. He took him down before tagging Styles in to keep the pressure. The crowd chanted Randy as he tried and failed to make a comeback. The bro came in and beat Styles down with a Broton. And the legend killer tagged back in and counted the phenomenal forearm with an RKO out of nowhere. And Riddle tagged in and hit the floating for the win. So, Alma One, what are you thinking of this one? Uh, listen, I'm going to be honest. I, I skipped that match because I'm like, <laughs> I've seen this match already. I'm not going to waste my time watching it. I'm not. I, I skipped it. I'm sorry, but I skipped it. That's so fair. You don't understand how fair it is. <laughs> <laughs> I skipped it. It's like watching a Monday Night Raw episode again. No, not doing it. Monty, what you say then? Yeah, yeah. I, I 100% agree with your energy. I watched it, but I understand your energy. Like, bro, like I'm just I'm tired of this feud in general. You know, I, I, that's the one thing about their tag division or tag titles in general. Other, I mean, even the Usos, we don't they don't really have clear contenders that anyone care about. All I have to say is this match was cool. I don't mind the match itself. They done, they they had a cool match, uh, you know, when the title changed hands in the first place. But uh, so it, it was kind of more of the same in that vein. And AJ Styles just can't really have a bad match. I don't think. I don't think he can be a part of one. I, don't, I just don't think it's in his DNA. Uh, at least these days, anyway. Uh, but I will say, uh, is I cannot wait for Amos to get ready because I just think this is a monumental waste of AJ Styles. He's already in his early forties. I don't. He don't have as much time to reign supreme on top of any company as 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 any of like his best days are pretty much behind him. I would like AJ Styles to be doing more, you know, actual contender type stuff. But I understand that they're being patient. They're probably trying to get the big fella ready. To go on to be on his own, so I'll just leave it there. But I thought this was okay, like three, three, five, three and a half again. I thought it was a three and a half type of match. Jaxie, yeah, I'll give it three and a half. Um, I don't think it was a bad match, but I also agree. I, I've seen this match so many times, it kind of grows a little bit boring. So even you know, the surprise RKO spots don't come as like an actual shock factor to me anymore. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of over RK Bro as a tag team as well. I just don't really care for that sort of thing. So if they are going to have someone turn on them again, on one another again, can they do it soon? Because I kind of like feel this whole tag division needs to be just reset. Um, I'm just bored of like the same matches happening in the tag team division. Yeah. Like I said, it's great chemistry for both teams, but... 
you would when you face each other that many times. The showcase RKO. Fans are really into it. I'm going to give it three and three. Uh, out of five for that one. Uh, predictions, RK Bro. So we're three for three at the moment, Monty. I think we should leave it like that. Because up next, it's Dujop versus Selena <laughs> Vega in a Queen's Crown tournament. Uh, Vega tried to intimidate Dujop, but she ended up being shoved to the match. She kicked the Scott a few times, almost no effect. She rolled out the ring and hung Dujop up to take control. Uh, Dujop caught her flying off the top rope and hit her with a clubbing blow, a body slam and an elbow drop. As well, she tripped her rival low. She tried to get on the middle turnbuckle and hit a 1080 D. Oh, that was quite impressive. Uh, but Dewdrop managed to break a submission level Vega with a clothesline. She hit a sidewalk slam, but Vega recovered, hit a code red to win, to become the first queen of the WWE, which is quite a surprise, I'd say. Jaxie, what were your thoughts on that? All right, all right, okay, right. So, okay, right? <laughs> so, we all know that we uh, that I everyone who's anyone who listens to this knows how how much of a fan of Selena Vegas I am. I always have been, um, and I don't actually have an issue with the fact that she won the Queen's Crown. I just have a whole issue with this whole tournament. Um, I don't really know what the outcome of it will be apart from someone gaining the novelty character of playing the queen. But I'm the one thing I worry with Selena winning this is that it it literally is nothing other than that that she gets to call herself the queen, which is an absolute bullshit type of stipulation to have. Yeah. I don't know how much this is gonna do Selena's character. I doesn't need the gimmick to have um for her character however the match itself was just very basic i felt like it it was the shortest one on the show it didn't really get a chance to showcase either what either women really can do and i mean really can do like piper niven is an actual great wrestler and i have not seen any of that come in the ring and that isn't even down to her own fault that is down to the amount of time she gets in a match um I, I thought it was an okay match. I I just it wasn't it didn't impress me. What would you score so, out of five? I'm gonna give it a three. Three. Uh I'm gonna give it three and a half because I liked what they did when they could and I'm a sucker for fireworks as well. Uh Monty, we're gonna score it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Probably at a, just straight up at a three or three and a quarter possibly. Uh, I, I didn't have any problem with the uh, the match itself. It was around about five, six minutes. So, I mean, yay for four extra minutes. I don't oh. know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't I'm Yeah. Anyway, I don't really know what other than I agree 100% that Vega's probably just going to get the crown, start acting a little bit more snobby or whatever, or queenish, and that'll be about it. I doubt they have any plans for and I just want to point out that it's ironic that we that this is G. We just got to talk. We talked about the G one and all the mini stories. I didn't even we didn't scratch the surface of all the storylines in the G one. And we were talking about a Queen's Crown tournament that had no story whatsoever. Just everything about it was random. So, exactly. Just yeah. You can use a tournament to actually tell a story. I don't understand why WWE don't get. It. There you go. Uh, Alma, one, what were your thoughts? First of all, the tournament itself was a joke because they didn't give enough time to none of these ladies to showcase their the skills. The fact that you had Selena Vega uh, in the finals with, with Piper Nevin. Now, Selena Vega, I mean, I don't know. I, when I first saw that they pushed her to the finals, I said, okay, uh, they're pushing her 
she'll probably do some crazy storyline, whatever. And most likely, Piper Nevis is going to win the crown, uh, the woman's uh, woman's queen, whatever. Uh, but the fact that I saw Selena Vega pin Piper Nevin, and, uh, and which didn't make no sense, no logic, because uh, Piper Nevin is like probably over 100 pounds heavier than her, and she hit her with a cold red to pin her. It didn't make no sense. Now, <laughs> the, what I got from this is, and maybe y'all guys may agree or not, but it, it was a, a message to Tommy Ann, you know, Alistair Black. Look, you left, or we're taking care of your wife. But meanwhile, when they were there, wow. yeah, they were taking care of your wife. We gave her, we gave her the, you know, the she's the first queen of WWE, whatever. And look what we're doing. Also, yeah, to uh, shit though. Yeah, and then to top it off, now you're calling her queen, the queen of WWE, right? Doesn't that Charlotte proclaim that? Still continue calling herself queen. Yeah, the queen. So that makes no sense. Why would you have? A queen tournament, and then now you got Selena Vega. Oh, that's the story. They've been long term storytelling. Oh, Selena yeah. versus okay. Charlotte, WrestleMania. Yeah. Oh, God. So, if the Japanese en- Empress of tomorrow can overthrow the goddamn queen that is Charlotte Flair, ain't no way Selena Vega doing it. I'm just telling you that. Y'all gotta watch out for Cole Red. Obviously, knocks people yeah. out. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So like again, <laughs> the, the logic yes, of it. So I'll, I'll give I'll give that match again. I, I'll, I'll give it a two and three quarters because they, they didn't let them. It was too short. It was too short. Uh, Selena Vega looked like she was confused a little bit because she had to pull uh, Poppy Nevin to the middle of the ring. It was just, I don't know. But, I mean, the girl deserves it because, I mean, after all, you know, they kind of dissed her when it came to the 9-11 stuff. Well, her father, so they're making it up. They, that's what they did. They just made it up. But nothing is going to come out of it, like Joxy said. Nothing. Because they're not going to give a title shot. So this whole tournament was nothing. It was, oh, you went in, that's it. Well, prediction-wise, uh, Monty and myself went for Baszler. So, I mean, that tells you everything you need to know wow. about that match. Uh, Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley <laughs> next. How... I'm actually really glad that Shayna Baszler wasn't actually in the finals or actually won this because I, she doesn't. she's already the queen of spades. She don't need no other actual title reign, and I don't need to see her with a gimmick crown on her head. Yeah, but like I said, the queen of spades, and it's like... Triple H ruined the King of the Ring tournament and the King of Kings all them years ago, didn't he? But speaking about ruining, you know, matches and moments, Goldberg and Lashley, these two were going to face in a no-holds-barred match. And the crowd was definitely behind Goldberg. I don't think Goldberg's had a positive reaction as this since maybe his WCW days. But the almighty wrapped a chain around his fist and used it to get an early advantage as they brawled, and Goldberg was busted open as well. Lashley grabbed a chair and hit Goldberg with it a few times. See Goldberg vanishing back to his feet. The almighty brought a table to the ring, but when he saw Goldberg start the story, he took a moment to beat him back down. He stood at the table to open up a corner, and he went to go for a spear, but Goldberg managed to move. The crowd chanted for Goldberg as he hit his own spear, and a jackhammer to cover. And outside where Goldberg speared Lashley through the barricade, almighty punish until Alexander and Benjamin came out to help but Goldberg I mean this is a thing again I don't like to be too negative but you bring back the hurt business and just 
three-on-one situation here, and Goldberg just ran through him, and then speared and Lashley. And with, and with candlesticks on top of And that. with candlesticks as well, and just speared Lashley off the stage, <laughs> threw some tables, and made the Covenant win, and then just got up and fucked off. He was just like, yeah, all right, that's what I do. Um, Ultimate no, one. sir. Go for you, Ultimate and Goldberg versus Lash. Uh, listen, you may say, you may think I sound crazy, but this match I kind of enjoyed it, and the reason why it lasted longer than three minutes. Uh, uh, the only thing I didn't didn't like it was the beginning. I mean, Lashley was working on his leg, and then he, you know, here comes Goldberg, and you know, with a busted leg comes the comeback. Uh, the part that I started liking was the fact that he didn't pin him, and he went. He wanted to punish him because, you know, he had that cringe-like promo talking about he's killing somebody and whatnot. So he kept beating on him, telling him, you know, you're going to pay for what you, you touch my son. You will never touch my family again. So I started liking that part, except until the Hurt Business came out. And they, these guys had candlesticks, and, you know, they could have beat his ass with the three, all three candlesticks. But, you know, he takes them out, whatever. Uh, he did the, uh, the spear from the stage. Um, and he pinned them like nine. Um, I, it was to me. I, I I'll give it a, a a three and a quarter. It was not the typical Goldberg. I mean, this because you know he hasn't lasted more than three minutes in his matches. But it was it was entertaining. I mean, he he told a story. You know, he gave it back at Lastly. The only thing I did like was the fact that he pinned Lastly. Now, what's gonna happen to Lastly? The old money. What's gonna happen to the hurt business? You know, they Goldberg made all of them look weak by you know the old candlestick attack and all that stuff so you know but i, I enjoyed it i mean usually i don't i'll be like okay Goldberg's gonna beat this guy in two minutes and it's over well it, it didn't happen that way but i, I kind of enjoyed it you know so i give it like i said three three quarters no that's not bad at all uh jackson yeah um i mean i've got to admit this has probably been the best that goldberg's looked in a long time mm-hmm. um comes to a match and that is all thanks to the almighty himself um i i have to agree like i feel like it was good to a certain extent um like when he didn't pin him i was you know even though that the promo that he did about you know i'm gonna kill you for touching my kid and stuff was a bit cringy at the same time that is exactly how any parent would react i think so you know from that aspect you want to be behind goldberg and i really liked that he didn't pin him straight away because he wanted to inflict more pain it's just then you ruined it when you brought the, the hurt business out you can't even get a k- fucking kendo stick uh, on goldberg. that that just made no sense whatsoever and then bobby lashley was just so fed up he was like here pin me i'm gonna get up straight away after this from the table and just walk off they both uh, just kind of wandered off just like all right done i got my money's worth i'm I'm out of here now you know um that being said i i also agree that i don't know what's gonna come out of this with uh ashley now and i just i'm still as much as i love biggie as the as the champion i'm still reading because i don't i think that they took the title away from from lashley too soon so for me i just i'm scared as to what's now in store for bobby lashley because I'm a huge fan of his and still believe he should be champion. We're going to score that out of five. Uh, I'm going to give it a 3.5. Monty, what your score? Three stars for me. Uh, typical typical WWE Goldberg match. Just typical Goldberg match in general. A lot of high spots, a lot of stuff to make people go ooh and ah, but really not much. 
substance. I, but I'm gonna be honest with you, with you guys. I wasn't really invested from the beginning. I'm never really invested when Billy comes back around. Uh, but I do. Uh, I'm just like you, Jackson. I love Bobby Lassie. He's my guy, and I thought he has carried Goldberg in, in these, and even in the match at SummerSlam. This match was better than that, by the way. But uh, yeah. even in the match at SummerSlam, I thought Bobby has carried Goldberg into two pretty great. Two pretty good performances, especially great performances by his standards, if you know what I mean. And uh, but uh, yeah, this is a better match than what they did at SummerSlam. Uh, probably a little bit longer than I thought it probably should have been. I just want whenever, whenever I like Goldberg when he's down and then he goes away as quick as possible. For me. That's the type of person I am. Uh, but I leave it. I'm not. I'm not mad at anyone enjoying this. I, I get it. It was some cool spots in it. And uh, I agree with you guys. The Hurt Business definitely looked bad, but I honestly don't know if they brought them back for any other reason other than them to be fodder for Goldberg. Yeah. Exactly. I have. I don't. We don't. We don't have any reason to think they have any long term plan for the Hurt Business. Uh, so uh, I don't know what's next for Bobby, but I don't think he'll be hurt too bad by this. I mean, he lost to Goldberg. It was one of those unique situations. He may have went too far with his trash talk. By the way, Goldberg said he was going to kill this man. It was nowhere near that violent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, that's true. I would have thought, though, that story would help a match and a reason for it to happen rather than just coming out and challenging. Uh, if, you know, like I said, more intense. Bob did suffer a nasty gash. Like you said, Jack, the best Goldberg has looked in three and a half hours. Uh, Prediction-wise, I went for Bob and Monty went for Phil, so he's 4-3 up now in predictions. And up next, the King of the Ring final. Finn Balor versus Xavier Woods and the pair traded some basic holes to start. The up the aggression but kept it technical as he went back and forth with a few counters. The Prince hit the first strike with a chop to the chest. Woods hit a super kick for a close two count. They traded strikes until both went down, went down again. Um, the former NXT champ climbed to the top rope and Woods soon joined him. The tag team specialist hit a textbook, superplex for another near ball. Woods avoided the coup de grace, hit his trademark flying elbow drop for the win. And he is our new king. Monty, can you believe they actually did it? We didn't believe it, did we, when we talked about it? They'd done it. Yeah, right? It, it was shocking. You know, I honestly I wasn't surprised, uh, honestly, because I just felt like it was just be such a wrong move unless you have a full-fledged heel turn plan for, for, for the Prince. It just seemed like a bad move. It just fit Xavier way more. Every, anyone who's a fan of Xavier knows that this is the reason why this man wrestles. So it's just an easy story that I think WWE stumbled into, by the way. wasn't. I don't think this is the purpose of doing this tournament. I just think it was just a beautiful story that they kind of stumbled into by putting Woods here. So at least they gave us some of the story. But the match itself, I thought this was really good. Shorter than I expected because I kind of figured this would be a big blow off uh, of, a, of a, you know, of a tournament. But maybe that's just the G1 running in my veins and I'm expecting these 20 minute, you know, marathon finishes to, to tournaments. I don't know. But I thought it was good overall. I'm going to leave it at like three and a half. Yeah, I think that'd be fair to say. Uh, Jackson, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, again, I pretty much agree with everything that's been said. I'd give it a three as well. I thought it was, you know, okay for I didn't expect anything. Yeah, I don't think that's right. Oh, but one what you're scoring now. Uh, I'll give it a three and a half. The match was pretty good. It was short. The only problem I have with that is that, you know, they keep uh rewarding uh new day. I don't understand it, but it's just me. As far as Finn Balor, if you put him up to Raw and to the main roster, but every time I see Finn Balor he's losing matches 
how is that helping him? It's not helping him at all. You know, um, he's not going to be now somewhere in the title picture. Now, as far as Xavier Woods, he, I, I know he said that that was something he always wanted to do, uh, win the King of the Ring. Now, my thing is, where are you going to go with that? Are you going to turn him heel and turn on the new day or what? I mean, and, and I'm not saying Xavier Woods does not deserve the King of the Ring. I, I look at it as, okay, these guys are 11-time world champions, tag team, or whatever it is. And, you know, his Finn Balor, who, yes, he was an NXT champion, whatever. This guy was the first universal champion, and he gets bad breaks after bad breaks. They don't push him like he's supposed to be pushed. Uh, they pushed him big time at NXT, so I don't understand why they don't push him in the roster. And this him losing to, uh, to Xavier Woods, it doesn't help him. If you really think about it. Where, where, what's going to be his next move? Who's going to be his next of few you're going to have, you know? So, that's just my thought. Sorry? When you have Xavier Woods, you have been having some great people's uh, matches, especially, um, you, know, you know, the likes of people, Bobby Lashley, and stuff. Um, no, 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 don't get me wrong. I mean, Xavier Woods is, 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 is a good wrestler, but I just feel that New Day gets a lot of the accolades. They get the tag team belt. They get, you know, now, Coffee won, Coffee won the world title a couple of years ago. Now, Big E got it. Now, uh, Xavier Woods wins the King of the Ring. But my thing is, what about Finn Balor? This guy's been with the company for six years, and he doesn't get those breaks. I do agree with you there. I mean, uh, the, the one thing I do want to point out, which I should have said before, is that um, I feel like this hasn't been a great year for Finn. Like, he gets screwed over um, when he faced uh, Roman Reigns with whatever the hell that broke. Uh, and there was no explanation that came out of it, and, and we're supposed to just really take it like it's okay, like, oh, he's not gonna, he doesn't deserve another uh, title shot, whatever. And I think that, you know, he does a lot of the carrying of, of a lot of the WWE content. Um, so for me, I, I do have to agree that I my biggest question coming out is their next Finn Banner, what, what is there for him to do where he actually will come out? Well, this is just a thing with Finn, you know, and I thought no one would be complaining about Balor losing this pay-per-view match, but obviously, you know, it's yeah. a thing there. <laughs> but as for New Day, I think they're one of the most entertaining things in WWE, and I think that's why, you know, they've been together, what, seven years, and they're doing great stuff on the program. As for Balor, if it's, you know, it's time to go, it's time to go, but I think Triple H has got a lot of vested in uh, and I think Balor can be here for a long yeah. time. Uh, if, it, if it's one guy on his side, I know Hunter on his side. If it's one guy I know love is Hunter. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to give it a three and three quarters out of five just for Wood's face because, like I said, he has been wanting to win King of the Ring since he was a young boy. Uh, we then move on to the W Championship match, Big E versus Drew McIntyre. The two powerhouses struggle for control for break. They collided and neither man would go down. E took the upper hand and hit some clubbing blocks. Maxar grabbed him and hit a belly-to-belly on the floor. He grounded the former New Day man in the headlock for the champ starting to make a comeback and hit a trio belly-to-belly suplexes. Maxar did his own suplexes in response and Biggie hit a fourth belly-to-belly followed by a running splash. We see Maxar hit a Michinoku driver and a future shot to keep Biggie down who applied the stretch muffler, which is my favourite name for a wrestling or delivering the big ending for a close two count McIntyre avoided another big ending and hit a bulldog from the top rope and then ducked a claymore kick but he couldn't avoid the second but somehow he managed to kick out and Biggie muscled the skull big ending to get 
the win. Uh, Monty, what did you think of this cracking WWE Championship? Yeah, I, I gave it four and a quarter. I thought this was really good. This was a good match to me. Uh, this match, at times, with, especially with some of those false finishes, definitely had me kind of wishing that Drew, uh, not not seriously, but it wouldn't be. I wouldn't be opposed to Drew turning heel and just fighting even more. Like that, I think they could do more. Also, that's the one thing I really will say about this. They probably can even do better than top the. But uh, as a matter of fact, I think they. I definitely did because I know Drew can go on another gear. But I think this is the type of match that he needs to establish this reign as something to be taken seriously. You know, he's going to need credible opponents, and you know, uh, even though they didn't have the greatest story, uh, you know, for this match or whatever going into this match, I thought. It was uh, still good stuff nonetheless, so I gave it four and a quarter. Yeah, I thought this was a great match. Jaxie, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I have to agree uh, with Monty here. Um, I thought it was a great match. Um, I really enjoyed uh, is it is it that's um, submission move? Uh, is that called the stretch muffler? Yeah, that's the a stretch that muffler. Yeah, it's brilliant. Brilliant name. <laughs> a really brilliant, like, overall look in the ring to have someone like Big E, who's not exactly the tallest, but quite wide and, and big and stocky. And then you've got someone as tall as Drew McIntyre and, and Drew putting uh, and Big E being able to put Drew in and then move like that. Um, it looked really impressive. And there were some certain spots that just really, for me, you know, were sort of wow moments. Um, they were moments that I thought that Big E just needed. Um, the one thing that I, I uh, the one bit of critique that I will give is, Having them both kicking out of their finishers, I just like that's how you start dwindling down a finisher. In my opinion, I think that they should have just had all of these continuous like uh, near near hits with their finishers, but never actually fully inflicted it on them until it actually got to the point. But that is just the overall my my issue with finishers. I I think finishers should be defined as finishers, like you're not kicking out of that, you know. So, but that that's the only bit of critique that I'll give it. Um, for me, I'll give it a 4.5. I thought it was really good. Alma, what are you saying? Uh, I, I agree with everything that Jax and uh, Monty said, but uh, I, uh, I agree with Jaxie. The finishing moves, you got to protect those uh, unless you're going to uh, use it again like New Japan does that with guys do finishing moves and then they'll kick out and they'll do it again and the match is over. Uh, you got to protect You got to protect these finishes. That's why when, when this guy got out of the... Uh, that move there that that uh, Drew does, I was like, okay, that that's not good for him because now you got somebody who got kicked out. Uh, I was expecting Drew McIntyre to turn heel in this match. It didn't happen. So, you know, other than that, the whole match was pretty good. Um, so I'll give it a four and a half. Yeah, I thought this was really, really good. I'm going to give it a four and a quarter. Uh, there's, uh, sometimes I forget how technically proficient McIntyre is. You know, if there's anything you can do, you do love two big guys throwing each other around, even if the result wasn't in doubt and not many have kicked out their claim or uh, prediction wise. Well, Monty, you and I were both went for Balor to win the King of Rings. So we got that wrong, but we did both go biggie. <laughs> so it's 5-4 with predictions there as we head into the co-main event. The SmackDown Women's title on the line, Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. We see the ESTAW was able to take control of taking down both women. She lifted Banks above her head with one arm and dropped that. Now, I've been watching wrestling for a very, very long time. Obviously, my ultimate one. 
And I cannot remember seeing that. I honestly, what what happened, incredible. And we saw that throughout the match with stuff that. Um, and as for Sasha Banks, she was in work, man. Absolutely unbelievable. I can't do it credit. What we're kind of trying in this one. We see the chimp, champ hit a nice combo in a bulldog for a two count. She tried to cover both women, but it's a pin. The boss and the inch coming off the top rope and threw her out of the ring together. Blair bulldozed over Banks with a shoulder tackle, but the boss recovered, hit the three amigos. Blair started to build some momentum and showed off an impressive strength, like I said, with the three spots involved with the three women. And ESC locked in a signature submission at the same time, but forced to break the hold as Lynch. The boss hit a backstabber into the bank statement. Blair broke up with a moonsault to both competitors. They kept trading control between all three. Eventually, the man put both women into disarmor at the same time. They powered out the hold, but Lynch was able to steal the win with the roll-up victory. Uh, Jackson, what were your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, what a match. I thought all three women gave it their all. Um, it was such a great show between all three women, um, whether or not they were working together and setting up um, unique-looking spots and to them all having sort of their single moments to shine. Bianca Belair showing off her strength just continues to amaze me every single day. This woman needs to be pushed so much. I loved everything she did in the ring. Um, when she was getting like sort of doubly submissive, submissive and picked them both up, I was thinking what a great match it was. Uh, this for me was probably the highlight, and I'm going to give it a 4.8. The only reason why it's not getting a 5 is because of the roll up pin. I, I, I just haven't. I'm starting to take real issue. Like I'm starting to get a bit of PTSD whenever I see a goddamn roll up pin. Drinking game. That's my favorite. That is a game. drinking game. But I will argue that a clean uh, loss to Banks or EST there might have some, But like you said, it, that doesn't explain the other thousand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that this would have been the perfect opportunity to use a roll up pin. However, with how much WWE love using that roll-up pin, it really just took away from it. So what should have actually been a really decent outcome that deserved that roll-up pin so that it did still kind of like save all three wrestlers, it just kind of, you know, was disheartened because of the fact that it's used so often. That being said, probably like the best, one of my favorite matches out there. That was incredible. Oh, well, one more you said. Uh, unfortunately, I did not see that match. Oh, I'm sorry. Really, 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 really I did not kill so me. I did not see that match. I, yeah, I didn't really get a ten. Yeah, yeah trust I'll see, me. I'll see go, back I, 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 go back and watch it. Go back and watch it. Yeah. I, I, I was home. I was home cooking, and I, I was like I said, I was watching it today, and I was like, I'm not gonna have a chance to watch the triple threat with the lady because I want. I said, let me look at the uh, the Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns because you know I had to get in caught. You know, hook up with you guys. So sorry. <laughs> Uh, Monty. Excuse me. Oh, wow. <laughs> Excuse No, I'm just playing. I'm joking. I'm, I'm sorry. I, 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 I went to see a, a, how do you call it, a, a Britt Baker match. Let me stop. <laughs> anyway, no, the match itself, uh, I, I thought it was cool. You know, I didn't have a problem with this. Four, four and a half. Again, I, I pretty much almost expected you know, Bianca may be the only one here that probably has to prove something to somebody, but really not not to me. I think this match is another good example of just how good she is. And I think, honestly, you can see it in the way Sasha works with Bianca and even Becky now and a few times they've been able to do things together. I think they genuinely enjoy having an athlete like Bianca to work with because you just get to do so much creative stuff 
that you didn't see them doing with uh, you know any other with any other. You probably can't do with any other woman, not just on the roster, but in general. So she's just top notch, man. Bianca Belair uh, is top notch. I thought this this match was top notch work. I gave it four and a half. I have no problem with Becky Lynch retaining. But yes, I I'm just like you, Jackson. I, I literally have a drinking game at this point for WWE programming. So I'm, I'm sipping. I'm sipping something every time I see a roll up. And NXT 2.0 get me tipsy. And we know two <laughs> Point O is better than the original NXT anyway. But let's talk about this match. Oh, my who, God. Hang on a minute. It's another shot. For those who watched it, the one-handed gorilla press for Bianca was incredible. Like, I shit you yeah. not. Like, it was. And the EST might not be the crowd's favourite, but was mining. A really good match. But the ponytail you just kind of think... Oh, we've seen that so many times now, especially when it comes to pay-per-view matches with the ponytail being oh, it's used. Repeated. But... And, yeah. Great stuff, four and three quarters out of five. Prediction-wise, I went Banks, Monty went Lynch. So, at this point in time, if I could maths correct, and that Oh, I got be, great instincts. Yeah, you beat me, I think, at this moment in time. I think uh, I always beat you, for the most part, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I beat him sometimes, but I don't brag, so... Well, that's it for today's show. Unfortunately, we haven't got <laughs> No, one more match. I'll do it. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, the Universal Championship. And as both men took fucking ages getting to the ring, uh, trying to beat that silver medalist from earlier, we see them trading shots. <laughs> Lesnar hit the first suplex of the match. He tried for a second, but Reigns had a death grip in the top rope. The Beast Incarnate stomped him down in the corner. Tribal Chief was able to knock Lesnar off the apron with a Superman punch before he hit a huge dive over the top rope to take him down. Now, the Untaker used to dive over the top and it was one of the incredible things. And Reigns has got this down as well. That dive to the outside was brilliant from Roman. I don't care what anybody... He then drilled the beast with a spear but only got a two count. And then we see Brock jumping over Reigns during another spear attempt and then smirking or smiling and knowing this was his chance to follow up. He hit a few more German suplexes, but Reigns managed to count the F5 with a guillotine. We're going to choke Lesnar out. The Beast broke free and hit the F5, but the ref was taken out in the process. He easily had the pin on Reigns, but no one was there to make the count. Two point. The F5, you know where the rest is going to go, so why was the referee positioned there? And why is Charles taking these crazy bumps at his age? You know, fucking worst, fucking worst <laughs> mini I Nate, she's still in there working, mate. Like, I swear. The worst bump i ever seen fucking Charles Robinson take. It's like, he waited. I'll wait for you. Hold up. Oh, oh, let me jump up. I was like, that's fucking terrible. Well, we see Reigns but hitting you it was very entertaining watching Brock Lesnar picking him, pick him up by his belt. I got serious, reminiscent days of the amount of times I'd be sat there crying on the floor and my father picked me up by my trouser telling me to get my ass off. <laughs> <laughs> we, we see Reigns hit a spear out of nowhere and both men went down. The Usos came down and hit a double super kick for Reigns now Lesnar with a title belt. This is the thing, the title belt was thrown in by Paul Heyman. And he said, you know, my name is Paul Heyman. You know what to do with this belt. Left it in the middle of the ring as a tug of war. Now, this was referenced to me and Monty as well, because we were talking about how bad that tug of war was. And much like Thor Dark World, with Endgame, they've gone back now, made it relevant, which I do <laughs> appreciate. 
That's a deep cut, but anybody's sticking with me. Heyman looks stunned and left with a bloodline as they made a speedy X. Um, oh, but one, this feud is made. That match. Listen, uh, this, uh, the, the match was pretty decent. I mean, I, I, the only problem I had was with that stupid bump Charles Robinson took. Um, uh, you said that the, the tug of war was kind of uh, was something you didn't like. I, I mean, I like the way I like the way that went on. I just didn't get the fact that you know again, you you have Brock Lesnar losing to Roman Reigns because the Usos came in and double you know super kicked them and they ended with the the belt. I, I think that match should have ended as a disqualification because now it makes it look like you know okay Brock Lesnar lost but he took like three or four people. If you're gonna make this a long-term storyline, according to our dirt sheets they're talking about, this was not supposed to end like this. And, I, and, I, and I, like him getting pinned, um, you know, it should have been at least a disqualification. Overall, the match I think is one of the best matches they had. Uh, you know, compared to the WrestleMania and God knows what other matches they had. I think it was decent. It was a decent match because you know this time is it, Roman Reigns the heel. And, and, and you know, and he did his thing, but you know, I, I, but I don't think the outcome of the match should have not ended the way. So I give it, go. I give it a three, uh, a three and a half, maybe three and three quarters. Three and three quarters. Well, Monty, you were actually at that WrestleMania match, weren't you? We were speaking about this the other day. Was it better than that, yeah. and has it made up for it now? Well, let, let me let me tell you about that experience. They turned on that match so fast that I can't even really honestly compare it to you because I was too busy reacting to all the idiots sitting by me, spending, wasting their money wanting to boycott a match. And I'm not mad at them. I understood the reason. It was a frustrating situation because it was something we had seen a billion times before. No one wanted Reigns to win. I remember that night. I was there. It was crazy. I'm just I'm not a big fan of spending all that money on WrestleMania tickets and not trying to enjoy the main event. That's just me. But anyway, besides that, uh, this match was definitely better than that. I will give you that. Of course, uh, uh, I gave this match overall four stars. I thought this was cool. I didn't have a problem with uh, the way it went. I did think this was pretty much a stereotypical Brock Lesnar style match mixed in with some uh, some cool Roman spots. But you know, uh, I, the match itself, I didn't necessarily have a problem with. All I know is that nothing that nothing was solved here. So obviously, we're gonna get this again. I don't know at another mania. I don't know. When, how, what's going to happen. But Heyman, the Heyman storyline isn't solved. You know, we're not done with Lesnar. Obviously, we're on the ending, even though he lost. So, yeah, uh, it just left me kind of thinking, okay, well, something else is going on here. But I gave it full stars. Yeah, I mean, this was Brock's first match in 19 months. Of course, the last one was WrestleMania 36. But he looks all right. Jackson, what were your thoughts on? Yeah, I, I agree with both Ultimate One and Monty. Um, there, there were certain spots that I thought looked real cool. The, the main issue, I, the, I thought it was a really good match. Uh, the main issue that came out of it was uh, when the Usos came out and were able to successfully double kick the likes of the beast Brock Lesnar, yet we still got like the hurt business that couldn't even deliver one kendo stick hit on board. <laughs> At the time was like, so how is it? So 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 should we get the Usos to maybe like have a word with Cedric Benjamin and 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 Cedric uh, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin on how to successfully interfere in a match? Because it seems to me that they had no weapons and were still able to take down the beast. <laughs> yeah. Screw weapons, use your feet. Uh, I was a bit confused. So, apart from that confusion part, I really liked 
than the unending telling of whose side is Paul Heyman really on. I, I just genuinely am entertained by Paul Heyman and I, I'm intrigued to see where this outcome will finally erupt. Um, so overall, I thought the match was good. Um, I think that I agree that I, I think maybe it was Monty who said it, that um, I think that it should have ended on a DQ. Um, but that being said, I thought the match was good. So I'll give it a four. Yeah, like I said, my thing is, and like you guys know, I look at it a little bit different. And I was looking at Brock shaving his moustache and I was thinking... I hope they have this in store, the 2K game, because if I've just got Lesnar with beard and moustache and not shaved, then I can't recreate the true crown jewel experience. And somehow, Brock has made himself look crazier with this kind of new look as well, maniacal. But the question I is... I like it. It's, it's cool. He, and the question... he reminds me of... He reminds me of uh, Thor. Uh, what was the other guy? I forgot his name. Yeah, no, no, but it was a, the comic book back in the day. They had a Thor, but then they had a Thunderstrike. That was the guy's name. He had the same look. It was like uh, it, was, it was supposed to be like Thor's twin brother. This is back in the eighties, nineties. So I like this look. That damn, uh, how old you think we are? Uh, <laughs> do you remember? Thund- okay, Monty, do you remember? Do you remember Thunderstrikes? I tell no. Whoa, Monty feels comfortable with the group, doesn't oh, he? Yeah. Like. I mean, uh, do you remember? Hey, quickly moving on. No, I don't. I was going to talk about Paul Heyman. Because the thing with Paul oh Heyman God. is, it's like, what side is Paul Heyman on? And with Brock Lesnar's suspension, I guess we may be for Rumble. Um, you know, this is, I think that's the game. But overall, Crown Jewel, I think, was a really good event. Uh, finally, predictions will end uh, with predictions. I think it was 7 5. Uh, overall, when it came down to it, uh, so not too bad, Monty. Yes, you fluked till victory. Um, event as overall, I mean, my match of the night. Looking at you guys as well, I think we agreed that the Hell in a Cell match was match of the night. Easily uh, to me, yeah. Hell in a Cell Easily. was one of the best matches of the night. That's why I, I said that they they started off with a banger, and that should have been at least the. Uh, Either the cold main event or the main event. You know what? No, though. Um, I I still think that if it wasn't for the uh, messy ending of the women's triple threat, that could have been a strong contender for match of the night for for me. However, um, yeah, Edge and Edge and uh, Seth, you know, delivered from from beginning to end. I, I think if Drew hadn't been just drafted to smack and the WWE title was on the line at a normal pay per view, then right. maybe again with that. Uh, but I think yeah, Hell in a Cell yeah. match over. MVP on the night. I've got two. So my MVP are firstly Edge in the Hell in a Cell massive rate of selling. Uh, and just everything that he does is really, really good. My MVP of the night, I don't know if you can guess, it's the EST. I don't know if I've mentioned, but the one-armed Gorilla Press Slam is just incredible. And the stuff that she can do with ease. Um, oh, my one, who's your MVP of the night? I'll go with um, Seth Rollins. I mean, not Seth Rollins, Edge. Because the guy... He's been uh, wrestling for so long. He took time off. He comes back and puts a performance like that in the Hell in the Cell match against a guy who, Seth Rollins, as much as I I really can't stand him because, I mean, he's a company guy whatever. He's talking crap on Twitter. But he's a guy who, when he comes into that ring, he shows his skill. Um, and, and I think, you know, again, Edge for the, how old he is and him being out for so long, I think he's the MVP of the night. Yeah, without doubt. Monty, who you saying? 
to avoid sounding repetitive, uh, I'm, I'm going to just explain it in this way. My MVP, uh, one of my MVPs anyway, is is Xavier Woods, not for anything that even have anything to do with the wrestling match, but more so because uh, it is rare. I even respect the Miz till this day because I was introduced to the Miz on the real world, and he was telling me he was going to be a wrestler. And he, part now, part part my surprise, a few years later, he pop up wearing the worst gear ever. So I respect when you can call your shot and believe in yourself. So it's kind of dope to me that he told himself when he was a kid, I'm going to wrestle and I'm going to be king of the ring. And it came into fruition. So just for that purpose altogether, some real life stuff, a little bit right there for you. I'm going to give it to Xavier Woods right there. And of course, like you mentioned, you can't go wrong with Edge or Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, by the way, his resume overall with just great matches just saying check it out Seth Rollins has I can put his resume up against some of the best in the world I would completely agree with you Monty because the thing is we talk about Edge but Rollins is like I said if he keeps having years like this he's going to be known on as greatest of all time as well because like you said he's bringing it especially with the character work Um, Jackson who's your MVP yeah I think it's real obvious um, all around that my, my MVP is going to be Bianca Belair. She just can do no wrong. And if an, if she doesn't have a title around, back around her uh, waist soon, then I'm going to start writing. Um, overall, I think it's easy enough to be able to say that Edge or Seth Rollins could be MVP because they had the match of the night for sure. But no one stood out as much as Bianca Belair on that, on that night. So for me, Bianca Belair would be. Yeah, and now overall rating. Now, I always need to be the uh, nicer grader of all four of us, so to speak. So I'll go and you can all rip this apart. I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. I would really enjoy this pay-per-view. 9 out of 10 for me. It's, you could argue it's the best wow. pay-per-view of the year. We had uh, a five-star match in Edge versus Rollins. McIntyre versus Biggie was awesome. Uh, the women's triple threat was fantastic. I know you didn't watch it on that one. And, of course, the main event as well, <laughs> Reigns versus Lesnar. I think, overall, a great, great card. All right, Alma one, what are you saying? I'll give it a seven and a half. That's what I'm going to give. No argument. Bonsi, what are you saying? And we hear crickets. Uh, believe it or not, I'm in the same boat. Seven and a half, man. I, it was it was a chunk of this show that I cared about. It was a big chunk of this show. I, I was only watching for content purposes, meaning this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Jaxie, go on, help me out here. Thank you for that, Monty. But yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give it an, an eight. Um, that is the highest that I'll ever give so, uh, a show like that. But I can't deny that the the matches, were <laughs> really, they, they produce good content. So that level an eight. Yeah, I think I... I <laughs> I've only got cackles. That's, that's, that's me. <laughs> that's what I think about Crown Jewel. Seven. <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> I can just imagine how y'all shows go. Like, James is excited about me. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, ultimate yeah. with the shovel. <laughs> you all I, uh... pricks. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Joy. I try and be devil's advocate and try and show a bit of light he here said, and always he get taken ten. down. I can't, I can't get over that. Ten. Nine. Oh, nine. I go with nine. Oh, nine. 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 <laughs> Fucking hell. Come on. Nine. I'm like... Nine was a bit extreme, but, you know, 
Every, each to their own. Each yeah. Well, their... I'm sorry it's not an AEW show because it would have been 10 across the board then, wouldn't it? But unfortunately. <laughs> so, what you, you know, hold on, hold on. So, what you saying? Bitter. Look I'm, how bitter you sound. I'm just saying. Each to their own. I'm going to put yeah. you on the spot. I'm going to put you on the spot. So, what you're telling me is yeah. that Crown Jewel was better than All Out. No, because my rating. Oh, yeah. Love you. My yeah, rating would have reflected that. So my rating for I think All Out was about nine and a half. This is about a nine, but it would be better than the Kenny Omega, oh, John Moxley, paper you made of a damp squib, and also the share. <laughs> okay, let's let let's not start going into this because we could be here arguing this, that, and the other as well. When it oh, comes, yeah, to I'm rolling. I'm, I'm wrapping up I'm here. Rolling, so. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing I'm dealing with marks all the time. But this is the thing. So last point I want to make. <laughs> on this Halloween show, is talk about the fundraiser for The Little Princess. Because uh, I did mention that on the last live show, uh, saying that I was going to cut my hair for charity. And you guys, within one week, had raised over £200 for the course. And I can happily state, right now, we have raised more money than I ever thought possible. We've raised an extra 300 quid on top of that now as well. Sweet. So not only as my... As my getting cut the beard is coming off as well and like i said i have not had a haircut for about seven uh one of the reasons i want long hair was because i always wanted to be like the undertaker when i was younger uh but now it's time i think i've realized i've outgrown my hair <laughs> no, what an no, idol no. yeah no, no, no. he wanted to be under... dead <laughs> he wanted... i wanted to be a he dead went... man and and literally went... the undertaker i remember the first time i thought i'll have long hair one and i have but now, as we talk, we kenned. I am getting it cut. And if you want to see that live, just go to the WNR podcast on Facebook or Twitter. And we're going to upload it to YouTube as well. And watch me get my hair cut. And thank you for everybody that donated and liked uh, and everything on there for the charity of this trust. Donating wigs to young cancer. An excellent check that out. Fundraiser donate a charity. Uh, so Jay, that... Jay, Jay, Jay's went from Undertaker to Happy Corbin. Yes, so that is it. Don't forget. <laughs> I'm not going to get that short. I've been speaking and I'm thinking more Bradley Cooper. But work out, like you said, if people want to donate extra money and then put a haircut of their choice, by all means. I mean, as long as I don't end up... Well, then again, I'll take Sam Gradwell. I do not mind what I look like. I will take oh, that God. at the end of yogurt. That's all it takes, you know. Go Bobby Lashley ball. I want Bobby Lashley ball. Not a not a hair on you. Well, congratulations. That's a big achievement for raising that amount of money. I'm very happy to hear that. I'm very pleased to hear that. Yes, that's right. Um, I'm definitely, definitely uh, happy that we are able to, you know, to raise that type of money. Without a shadow of a doubt. And like I say, it all started on the last show. And we continue to the Halloween show. And what a show it has been today. That is it for our Halloween special 2021. Don't forget, we're across all social media, Twitter, at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNR JR. Uh, we'll start with Ultimate One. Plug all your bits and pieces. Yeah, you guys can find me on the Chokeslam Wrestling Report on the Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcast. Also, you can find me on the YouTube channel, same name to Chokeslam Wrestling Report and whatnot. So I find me. I'll have a new episode tomorrow. 
So check that out. And um, again, thanks for all the support. Yeah, excellent. Uh, Monty, where can people find you? On Twitter, at my Monty Pod. That's where I'm at. Just hit me up. And, you know, I'm, I will be posting new podcasts as we upload. I just released one earlier. Uh, last, I think, I don't, last week now. So yeah. So please check it out. And, uh, you know, give us a listen. You know, we have fun. Listen to me. Uh, just gloviate on how much I love the G1 and all the matches because I literally picked out like 27 matches from the whole month that I enjoyed. So check me out at my uh, Monty Pod and also type in Mind of Monty at anywhere you listen to podcasts. You should be able to find my podcast. Thank you. And finally, Jaxi, where can people find you? Yep, so I'm not as cool as everyone who has my own podcast, but you can find me on social media at uh, Twitter and so, um, Instagram at Jaxie Scarlet. Um, I do also have a Twitch page at Jaxie Scarlet. I'm not currently streaming, however, that should be changing in the next month, um, and I should be doing more regular scheduled streaming dates. So, um, you know, look to my social media pages to keep an eye out on that. Um, it's going to be both my twin sister and myself doing um, regular Twitch gaming together, so come and check us out. Yeah, and you can hear Jaxie on the WNR as well, where we do WWE and, of course, AEW stuff. Monty does NXT with me, and, of course, Armour One's Impact and AEW as well. But the WNR also on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, all the Google platforms, send us an email, WNR podcast at gmail.com and YouTube, WNR podcast. We have all the latest clips. Podcasts go at the same time on YouTube. We do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes. We can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Our next episode will be next weekend where it will be Impact Bound for Glory with the ultimate one. Got knockouts knocked down with that. And the next time with the WNR team, it's not as long as everybody thinks. It's November 13th. Yes, just a couple of weeks away. And we have decided we're going to do AEW full gear live pre-show and we will masturbate WWE's AEW as well so strap and also the quick group idea as well I was thinking obviously we've got the Royal Rumble how uh, Monty I know you're into games Jackson talk about your t- Alma one how up to date are you with you because I know you're obviously the oldest uh, video games do you, do you play them uh, <laughs> well he said the oldest of the game you see this shit <laughs> wow I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't play video games because, you know, I'm too busy, you know, watching all these other wrestling shows. I'm sorry I'm too old. <laughs> no, I was just saying, hey, we're going to try and get a, we're gonna try and get a Royal yeah. Rumble going. We're going to try and get a Rumble going with the WNR team. No, no, I don't, I don't play video games. I, I rarely play video I mean, I do have a PlayStation 3 because I haven't updated it. <laughs> yeah, I got a 3 because I haven't updated because I figured why I play... Why buy a PlayStation 4 when I don't, I'm not going to play anyway? So. Bro, you, you just keep aging yourself. You're going to be the commentator for our group tournament. Yes, let him commentate. Yes. We're going to look for the rumble and try and sort something else like that. But like I said, you guys will be back with me in two weeks' time. I, I just want to tell the fans, you see this the, uh, This episode, I was being picked on for no reason. But I'll let that go slide. <laughs> I'm the oldest one in that group, you know. So they gave me a bullshit answer, which Jackson's gonna win anyway. But I'll leave that alone. Well, they said NXT 2.0 is the best. I'm still stuck. Yeah. I know it was a game. 
but we gotta talk, bro. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad we've all enjoyed ourselves. That's all I can say. You know, like I said, we're really the one, Monty or Jaxie. I have been. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll hear from. Bye. Bye.